Hi everyone, Catherine here. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. And before we get started, I just wanted to let you know about the brilliant Dawson's Creek Discord server. It's a place where people who love Dawson's Creek can gather to talk about everything and anything Dawson's Creek. It's an amazing place. It's a fantastic space for people who maybe don't have loads of people around them who love Dawson's Creek and want to talk about it. You can talk about the wonderful Dawson's Creek podcasts that are out there, including our very own, but also Pacey and Joey, Jen and Dawson. What do you want to talk about? Who do you want to talk about? You can do it all on Dawson's Creek server. You can get hold of either Victoria or Heidi, who are the admins on it, to get an invite. If you look in the episode description for this week, you'll see Victoria's Twitter and email and Heidi's name on Facebook and you can just grab them both there and ask them for an invitation. Please do come and join us over there. It's a lovely, lovely space full of wonderful people and really can't wait for you all to get involved. So on to this week's episode. Thanks again. Bye. to Dawson's Weekly, a podcast about Dawson's Creek, hosted by Catherine and Katie. Are you all right? Are you COVID free? Possibly. I couldn't be asked to test really because I haven't gone anywhere in about a thousand years. Not that I'm the queen of um, over-exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, physically I'm better. Mentally we Good. won't talk about it. I mean, it's never oh, a good will. idea whether you're we COVID or not. Well, it's all we're going to talk about. Inevitably, I will uh, absolutely shoehorn it into something because that, I've realised that I really do unintentionally because I'm a really cute um, narcissist, but I do make everything <laughs> about me. So it's Catherine's 40th last week. It was. I, I, ma- I made you a card. I did, I did the traditional make a card with loads of pictures on. And it was just a card that was like, <laughs> it was all pictures of me. And inside the card, I thanked Catherine for being friends with me. <laughs> true. And then afterwards, I, I did it all and I sent it. And I thought, I've literally just sent a card <laughs> to myself. Yeah, to essentially. You. Thank and you for everything to... you've done for me. Yeah, yeah that was, was exactly, that was, that was literally I it. I didn't like, even know It was like an me. Oscars acceptance speech <laughs> about me. And then I didn't even notice. In... I don't know what that says. Is well, that I, I was something... just like, I thought it was lovely. <laughs> I, put, I put something on Instagram as well. It was like a little picture collage of stuff for, um, from the 1999s through to now. <laughs> and because we, our Instagram handle is Katini and Catherine set me up on Instagram when it very first opened, started, whatever. And she was like, what are you going to call yourself? And I didn't have a fucking clue. So she was just like, right, you'd be Katini too. And I, yeah. deep, deep inside the Leo was like... <laughs> too but I went along with it <laughs> do you think that I Thinking still that think I would that change now. it at some point and I've never changed it so I had not just one person I sent you one screenshot of one person but several people just go oh happy birthday and I was like oh it's not my birthday <laughs> they thought but you were wishing of... yourself happy birthday oh yeah, God, but... sorry I forgot that had happened but it wasn't just one person in the end it was three three people thought that I was narcissistic <laughs> enough to wish myself happy birthday but not just happy birthday 24 years of friendship because I hated myself for the first 16 years 
Some people pay fuck all attention. So anyway, that's probably what I would have taken away this from it. Was not just that me it was making it all about me. But I also I was sort of dealing with these messages, and I was like, it's not my birthday. However, my birthday is in. <laughs> So oh go. my god yes please mark a date in your calendar right okay should we get on with happy birthday Catherine thank you so much and thank you to the people who messaged and thank you to at cheeky hobbit who sent me the funniest card that was filled with hate tweets about Dawson it was so that funny is. were but- they just mine or were they other people's look at no, that made were- it all about me again yeah you did well, bloody hell, Katie. No, it was just lovely things from people. And thank you so much. So before we get started on season four, episode 11, just want to remind people about the live show. It's on the 16th of July and it's in Manchester. If you haven't got your tickets yet and you're planning on coming, will you grab your tickets so we know how many people are going to be yeah. there? So grub know what they're doing and things like and that. that would obviously, be if you're not in the immediate area, personally, I don't give a fuck because we have two people coming in from America. From Houston, <laughs> yeah. Texas, to see Atlanta. us. So yeah, yeah. So, so really, if you can't do what that. The fuck are you playing at everyone? If you can't come from the Outer Hebrides or Spain or wherever you may be, then poof. Anyway. <laughs> but the other thing i wanted to say is if you genuinely can't get there please join the discord i will put the information in the episode description but we'll be streaming it live off there obviously if you can come to it it'll be awesome in person there'll be cocktails there'll be laughs we'll be around to chat too because last time katie stayed out drinking and i had to fly off but we will be staying around so there'll be lots of laughs to be had Yvette will fill everyone in on what it means to be an American high schooler whatever that might mean she'll answer all your questions so if you can get there please get there and it is a Saturday afternoon so I think even if you're a couple of hours away get a training come and see us have some laughs why not right so should we move on because we are yes. hurtling into the center of season four and we've got the Tower of Dawson the tell, the tell. I, I don't know who fucking. I think cares. it's technically pronounced almost like with a D, the Dow of Tarson. Of Dawson. Tarson. Tarson. <laughs> oh, you doing so well. God. You sound well, so erudite. What's really interesting is that the next episode is called The Tear of Percy. And the Tao oh. Tear are like a Chinese philosophical belief. So I, I believe that the Tao is the idea of living at one with the universe. And the Tear is what you are when you live at one with the universe. So it's about balance. It used to be a shit club in Vegas that the Kardashians it used did. to hang out of. And oh, shit, sure, yeah, it did. But if you are existing in harmony with the Tao, then the Tear is the power inherent in you. So we'll see if that makes any sense next week. But I'm not 100% sure it's used properly this week. But we'll talk about about it because I could be wrong but essentially I, I wonder if it's kind of a little bit of a like misuse of it so speaking of season four episode 11 the tower of Dawson we've got a very beautiful opening shot it's absolutely gorgeous it is beautiful I, th- I thought it was two old men fishing because we've got to have well some it kind of is it kind of is almost yeah Percy and his 15 year crumbling marriage and Dawson telling everyone what to do Dawson and Percy Fuck are back sick. together right Dawson this and cri- Percy are back together didn't it out of fucking nowhere. And do you know what bugs me about the whole thing is, yes, I know that they had everything, the... Um, everything bugs me about Yeah, it. the Unusual Suspects episode where they started to come together a little bit. Yeah, but... but they haven't really it, spoke properly in a few you, episodes. You don't and now suddenly they're fishing together. So let's exactly. go and fish together, which is, I would imagine, I've never been fishing. People will be dropping dead of shock all over the world because we are worldwide <laughs> people. I've never been fishing, but I would imagine it's quite a long 
boring pursuit and it if you're doing laborious. it with somebody else like you're spending a lot of time just waiting around for something to bite your tail or whatever it's called um and you it's have to do a lot a of talking chatty, yeah. with somebody so it's quite an unusual activity for two people who fucking there's hate two comedians in the UK Bob Martimer and Paul Whitehouse who've literally made a series a TV series out of them fishing and so we, yeah. we were meant to just suspend our disbelief and suddenly they've not only gone from grudging kind of we will repair our relationship but it's going to take time to let's get up at the crack of fucking dawn at least literal crack of, dawn. The crack of somebody <laughs> lucky dawn and just sit on the page <laughs> together for hours and hours and hours so pay and that, that is how bad Pacey's crumbling marriage is that he would rather do that with Dawson <laughs> than be anywhere in Joey ever again Pacey says he thinks maybe the fish are asleep and Dawson's like fish don't sleep which I was like do they Creepy not be Dawson but okay I mean if I was near Dawson I wouldn't be sleeping either I, I had several goldfish when I was younger apparently I just had one and quite often it would go to sleep and I wouldn't see it for a day, and then it would return reinvigorated. So I either fish sleep or my mum lies. Um, I think that your mum lies. <laughs> I think my mum lies. But what Percy does say, and I think this is where they try to explain this away a little bit, it's like, oh, suddenly Dawson and Percy are back together having a lovely chat. Yeah. They try to explain it because Percy says, like, I'm really glad we're hanging out, but did our first jaunt in months have to be at sunrise? And Dawson's like, well, I've got something to tell you that'll keep you awake. Oh, right. I was so excited. I was like, he's going to say, were you really? Sister. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> took Gretchen up the arse last night, Pace. Smell your sis. Oh. Okay. Which is yeah. kind of what happened, but well, not. Well, do you know what really annoys me about all of this? And I really like sometimes, I really do try to give Dawson a break sometimes. But I really struggled too. So I was kind of like, right, okay. So he's not hanging out because he wants to be around Percy. He's essentially hanging out because he wants something from Percy. So he's yeah. like, I'm going to be well, nice to you. He doesn't necessarily want something from Percy. And I'm not defending he Dawson here. Because no, he, what he's doing is he's doing the smug upper hand thing. That's what he wants from Percy because he basically has a dig. Pacey so Dawson basically says look I like your sister and Pacey's like like her I like her and then Dawson does some weird Wonder Years reference and says we're talking about your sister not Winnie Cooper and then Pacey again just repeats the question but a bit more verbosely and says we're talking about fondness and fellowship my precious um that naturally follow from a mistletoe kiss or is he going to find Dawson outside of his household in a boombox over his head I don't understand that reference if anybody does Um, it's it's say anything isn't it it's say anything not got a clue not a fucking clue Dawson says he's crazy about her well the first bit's right Dawson and Pacey tries to play it down and says look you've had a crush on her for years that's all it is and Dawson's like look this is a hell of a lot more than that and I think she might have feelings for me and Pacey understandably says Uh... it's a lot to digest before breakfast and this is where it plays out yeah, what Dawson yeah. wants. What Dawson wants to do is be superior because Dawson has a huge superiority complex and always likes to be right and think he's like the best person in the world. So Dawson says, if last spring you would have come to me and told me how oh. you felt about Joey, it would have made things a lot easier and that's what I'm trying to do. Lies! A cacophony of lies! Absolute shit of bull. Absolute a lord of wank coming right out of your mouth, Dawson Leary. You would not <laughs> have been okay with mouth. it. You would have responded exactly the same way as when you found yeah. out. 
Exactly. And then Percy, our wonderful Percy, gets into a bit of ageism and misogyny and says that sisters are different to friends. They're like mothers, only prettier, and they're off limits. Can we just not? Can we just not? Women aren't chattel. And this whole conversation is like, the passing around of Gretchen can I have oh, her no that's you can't exactly what I wrote down like where's Gretchen's autonomy and it's exactly the same as it was with Joey they were just fighting over Joey it's she, in the back of a car autonomy. with Leonard Skinner she like, doesn't it, she doesn't clearly clearly yeah Dawson lies about that because he would have kicked off whether he'd found out early on or when he found out in the longest day whichever way you look at it Dawson was gonna fucking go absolutely batshit we know he was gonna do that but it's almost like he's sort of going to Percy well I'm talking to you now so you have to be okay you've got with to, what yeah. happened to my sister so you have to be okay with me wanting to bang your sister because look I'm being nice to you and I let you bang you, my girlfriend. Essentially, that is ex-girlfriend. To, to me. And that's what I mean about like, I'm sure we're this. Is it. this. So they're literally Dawson just doing really packs about fucking women. Cool. I let you yeah. fuck her. Let me fuck her. Fuck off. So yeah, Pacey basically is saying that sisters are off limits. And Dawson's like, I'm not asking you. I'm just letting you know, which is fair enough to be fair. Because if somebody says like, you're not allowed to sleep with that person, it's got fuck all to do with you. The person it does have something to do with is Gretchen. He was so far removed from this conversation, it's unbelievable. But hello, welcome to Dawson's Creek. So Pacey wants to know what Dawson's plans to pursue his sister are, are and that's a bit weird. Like, what's Dawson going to say? Like, I'm going to buy some new, like, really nice pants that show off my cock and, like, try and finger banger. Um, thankfully, Dawson says that he's just going to do nothing. He's going to let things play out because before Dawson went fishing... Dawson had a massive hit of his bong and two gummies. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. And that is the Tower of Dawson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, being stormed off your fucking tits, absolutely. But he says it's, of course, because it comes back to last spring, because it always comes, because just do you remember, Pacey, just do you remember what you did to Dawson? And he's been nice to you, so you should let him bang your sister. Let him bang you. Even Pacey. if she doesn't want to be banged, hold her down and let him go for it, because you will win. She'll be getting banged, bless her poor oh, heart. Oh, stop she, it, stop it, stop it. She doesn't I don't want to know. No, no, no. This is not me telling you what is happening in episodes coming up. But um, that it's just like Gretchen has no fucking say in this at all. And it's a bit sort of like bark worthy. But what Dawson says is what, yeah, what I've learned after last spring, because, oh, my God, is that some some things just can't be forced. So Percy says the plan is not to have a plan. And then he says the Tower of Dawson is to do nothing. So I think what he's trying to say and this is why I think it's a tiny bit misused, but if anyone wants to correct me on that, that's fine. But that like Dawson's philosophy or Dawson's way to be with the universe is just to do nothing, I think is what the reference is there, but I'm not 100% sure. So the way that I think Tao is letting the universe decide or letting your intuition decide it's one or the other or a bit well a bit it's both. just been at what a balance like care. it's about balance and the yin and yeah, yang and Dawson's things like that totally, isn't it and i'm not balanced well he's uh, totally about balance because he's had as you've said two hits of a bomb and two fucking of unbalanced it's gonna be yeah, a murderer so dawson basically says he's already kissed her and he's done nothing so the best thing that he can do is to keep doing nothing Dawson, you went to the wanky switch on of the worst Christmas lights ever and you've practically said you're in love with her. You haven't just yes, done nothing, but whatever. Yes, I did think whatever. that. He hasn't done nothing. I, I didn't mind him telling her that he liked no, her. Like, no, you know, but don't pretend you didn't, it. But, like, it's, to a certain extent, forcing the issue, in it? But yeah. anyway, right, I mean, that opening scene, it's fine. I, I don't mind Percy and Dawson being back together. I'm happy with it, but 
let's all just remember everyone and it's really important that we remember for the rest of this episode Gretchen is a thing to be traded she has yeah. no autonomy and She's she'll chattel. do what men tell her to she is our blesser so anyway speaking of Gretchen and Percy we've got Gretchen and Percy in a car and they appear to be going back to Gretchen's college to pick her car up why is Gretchen's car at college I hear you all cry it appears to have been left with her ex-boyfriend Nick Gretchen. Also, is this why? the Limit Skirt sex car? I think it is, you know. That's why I just left it for good. Sweet home, I'm gonna bang her. Anyway, so Pacey, I mean, Pacey, because Gretchen is chattel, remember, Pacey decides that the best thing to do with his chattel is to try and outbid Dawson by making <laughs> the chattel think that Nick, the douchey ex-boyfriend, is the best person ever. So Pacey starts this like ridiculous thing where he starts going on about how he always really liked Nick and how wonderful he was and everything else and Gretchen's like yeah. the fuck you literally met him for a few hours like one Christmas or something and Percy's like yeah but he's my kind of guy I think it's really good that you're gonna hang together for a few hours like I'm so excited and Gretchen's like look does your sudden liking of my boyfriend have anything to do with a certain fair-haired pal of his and Percy's uh. like why would I care about Dawson oh hey Joey she said that the kiss meant nothing. And then Pacey has to say it didn't look like nothing, though. Uh, Dawson probably doesn't think it's nothing. But if she says it's nothing, it's nothing. And Gretchen oh, says, look, okay. for the millionth time, her and Dawson are just friends. Trust me. So Pacey tries to say, change the subject and comments on the music. And then it turns out that it's a mixed CD from Dawson <laughs> to Gretchen. I loved And this. I wanted to retch at this. And thank you for the person who came up with the name uh, Retch and Gretchen as well. I did want to retch at this. But... It made me remember CD mixtapes, and that was how that much is exactly. Loved you. And when someone went to that level, you were like, "That's it, I'm going to marry them." No one would do that for somebody now. No, no, maybe a mainly because we don't have CD. I made you a Spotify playlist. You did, but it's at the beginning like, of lockdown, you, like, starring a few songs, you didn't do it in a little CD with love hearts and things. God, look at me, so demanding. Do you even have a fucking CD player? It's not about the, it's not about what you play it on. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Fuck knows, probably. I've turned but, into some sort of weird hoarder of late, so that's harder, people. <laughs> <laughs> but then like Percy's art starts saying nice things about Nick and how he works out and he's so handsome and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, I just... I know we've been told by a few people that this episode isn't great and I'm already like, ah. Oh. So was I, but we do get one of the best scenes ever, so I don't oh, care Oh, like it was episode. so good you rang me to talk about yeah, it. Honestly, this week's been a shitter, today's been a shitter. I had COVID last week and it's the best thing that's happened to me in like a month. <laughs> it's just so, and do you know what? We're really building this up too much because it's not you. Apart from when I wrote myself a birthday card and did myself a birthday card. <laughs> um, anyway, so. <laughs> Dawson and Jack. We're just randomly moving fucking furniture and nobody tells us why. And I assume no. it might have something to do with making a nursery but they've just got this really unlikely friendship they don't really hang out together but when there's a plot like line that oh. they need it's like what should we get them to do let's get them to fucking just move furniture what we're the on fuck? the third scene of this episode and two two scenes have got dawson in them with people that were like oh, are you really good friends with them are you the fuck also jack if you want to help out i've got some drawers that need moving <laughs> 
<laughs> so what do people don't know it's old English slang for pants or underwear um, <laughs> sorry oh god we're losing our minds anyway Dawson's asking Jack oh. if it was weird when Percy was dating Andy I don't know why it would be but Jack's Jack like Jack is no. so strange in this whole episode Jack's like so Jack just wonders why he's moving furniture, I reckon, in Dawson's house. And his face says it all. He's like, not really. And Dawson's like, well, let's make it all about me because there's a bit of Dawson in me. <laughs> and he says, well, Pacey doesn't really like the idea of Gretchen and him. And Jack, instead of being like, huh? what the fuck, says, oh, I understand because it's his sister and he's a close friend. And to be fair, he didn't really know Pacey when he started hooking up with Andy. And, you know, she's his sister. He's his really good friend. And Mitch and Gail just randomly appear. And we have the most weird, awkward conversation where they it's say... It's so strange, Dawson, right? Dawson might have a sister before long and then he will exactly. understand. But are they already, like, kind of, like, singling out? Like, Dawson's sister might want to get banged by one of his friends. It'll be about 95 by that point. Like, But also, were Gail and Mitch just stood at the door listening to this entire conversation? Well, yeah, because it's Gail and Mitch, chiming. They yeah, don't course, understand privacy. I don't even know why. So it turns out that they're, well, they're going for a scan for the baby. They seem to be going for a scan, And they're trying to work out yeah. whether or not they want to find out the sex. Like, I would have Mitch's brain scan first to see if he has one. So, yeah, all very weird. And then they go off for the scan. And Dawson, would you believe, moving this random chest of drawers that nobody knows why... Oh! Finds a letter never. That he, So apparently he used to write letters to Gretchen Remember oh, he never did he Remember now? the only person that Dawson never loved In his entire, entire, entire life Three fucking series Was Joey Sorry. And then we got Actually I did fancy Gretchen for half a millisecond When I saw her in a bikini Now that's moved on to I used to like write sobby love letters to her And I've just found one I've just found one It's just fucking It gets appeared. even worse Later in the episode It gets even worse So like they're just sort of trying to make out that this relationship between Dawson and Gretchen was always something massive and it's like this would have made we have memories I, I honestly exactly I am this would I am a made... alcoholic and I remember this it didn't happen it people stopped trying to pull them all over my but face but it would have if all of this stuff had been in episode one or two of this season perfect this would have I'm made down a with it sense. Sense. but here is an interesting thing I was told on Twitter and I think it was Jessica and at Cheeky Hobbit who was saying that apparently they, they were going to bring in a younger sister for Dawson and, oh. and then they realised that it wouldn't make any sense like they, yeah. which I'm surprised that they even thought I about mean to be fair they brought in a sister for Jen and then never fucking mentioned her again we're, we're, we're beyond making sense people but thank you for thinking about us the writers so Dawson's <laughs> basically cringing over this letter and how gushy it is and Jack bless you Jack I mean just bless you and this is you're a lovely guy you're very good looking your muscles are wonderful you've got terrible taste in men you don't have the first fucking idea of how anything works in love and relationships because Jack says after Dawson finds this hideously childish cringy letter he's like why don't you tell Gretchen that and Dawson understandably says actually I told her like an adult so Jack's philosophy is maybe if you acted more like a kid you'd be with her a what the actual fuck creepy on every level of Jack B, one of Gretchen's key issues with Dawson, apart from the fact that he's an absolute colossal wet fucking twat and he's got a massive forehead and he's insufferable. I would imagine is that he's a high school kid that and she's a college. Yeah. The yeah. very last thing that Gretchen needs reminding of is that he's a child. Exactly. And Jack's literally saying that's what you should do. Also, Jack, how is Torbs? How's Torby? 
fantastic oh, logic. Fuck that fucker isn't in this episode. But, but do you know what I mean? Jack, I love point. you. I love you, but please you, do not Jack. try and give people relationship advice. And Dawson rightly says that the last time he had like, a child this. with his feelings, I thought this was amazing. He tried to prove something with the boat race. A tiny moment of startling self-realization from Dawson Lee Rehe. Well. It was, and I did say this, wow, Dawson in a rare moment of self-realisation, but also what Dawson says is the last time he acted like a kid with his feelings. Dawson, that was not the last time. It was about five minutes ago, <laughs> by my reckoning. Yeah, absolutely. And also you were acting like a child. You were acting like a colossal entitled bellend. And the, the, I mean, the, the margins are fine, but there is a difference. Um, children can get away with that. Exactly. I really hope that my children wouldn't try and charter a boat to wipe someone out when they were pissed off, just saying. Especially because you live in a landlocked area. But then again, you can move boats all over. Just get Drew involved. I'm Sort of, but not quite. Anyway, so we get back to the tail towel, whatever the fuck. So Dawson's going, look, I know how I feel. Hit of a bong, and what will be will be someone smash a meditation ball in the background, or whatever you meant to do with it. <laughs> Dawson's about to go and take a sound bath. Fucking, he's gonna start doing what is it? Tai Chi in the fucking park or something. So Jack <laughs> says that Zen and the art of dating. Dawson's created a new movement. No, he hasn't, Jack. He hasn't. Like, seriously, this is how all people should be. All people should just be. If Dawson someone doesn't like me... Then. Yeah, Dawson create. Can we just can we just wind it back and tell the fucking Tibetan monks? Like, they're just, they're just worshipping some massive, big-headed, like, rock. That's probably what's happening. We've just totally missed it because we've never been to Tibet, but that is that is who they worship in Tibet. Dawson, yeah, in Tibet. apparently. It's just Dawson. Um... And why they're Buddhist, they were just like, we can get really angry with Dawson or we've just got to let it go. And that's how Buddhism happened, people. There you go. A short history <laughs> of Buddhism. So just, Dawson's people watching new... Dawson's Creek and decided not to get wound up about it. If this isn't really insensitive, we re-apologise deeply. But Buddhists, uh, they love everybody, including religiously insensitive, loud mouth twats like us, so it's fine. Um... <laughs> Anyway, speaking about loudmouth twats, we go to the yacht club. And can I just oh say, my God. they're putting up a sign that says closed for annual renovations. And I had to rewind it because I thought it said closed for annual renovations. <laughs> well, that is, that is me. I wouldn't put that past Drew. He is an absolute sociopath. I still sort of fancy him. I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised, actually, to be perfect. He's quite, honest, he's a bit of me. He's a fucking, he's a fucking sociopath. He's a yeah, but you, he's a bit stone cold. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, pure looks wise, but um, he does say quite a few funny things. So, it? what we've got here to open this scene is some fantastic internalized misogyny. Do you not think? Well, Jesus we could say Christ. that. I mean, I, I do have, I'm starting to have a huge issue with Joey, and we can blame it on internalized misogyny, which is an easy blame. I don't know. I don't know. We could get into this forever, but um, we should really pull Joey up more on this, whether it's internalised misogyny, whatever it is, because she does it too much. But whatever. Drew, look at me, but whatever, because can't be asked. Drew whatever, has a because dile- I want to talk about Drew the sort Drew has a dilemma. And it reminded it me, does do, you have remember, a do you remember Nellie and Kelly's dilemma? Throwing it back to the uh, 90s, early 90s. Love you. Why uh, did Nellie always wear you. a plaster on his cheek as well? I still think he cut himself shaving, but I think it was his thing, wasn't it? it was anyway, his thing. if people didn't know, Someone we're talking about us. Nelly the Rapper and Kelly Rowland and their song Dilemma. So Drew has a dilemma. <laughs> 
And um, this is what happens when the COVID finally goes and you replace it with wine. So he's basically saying, does he go with a cheerleader or a drama school chick tonight? And he asks Joey what she thinks. And Joey, our wonderful eternal feminist, says, flip a coin, heads it to bimbo, tells it to skank. It's, I, I really don't like this. We can say it's internalised misogyny. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, know. I that's think it. that's what it is. What else could it be? Uh, just being a fucking bitch. All right, I don't okay. think, I, all right, I don't think Joey is a bitch, but at the same time... I think, I think she think is, it, and that's why I like her. It's an easy... This, no, I do like her. This side of a bitch I don't but this, like. But she, she is, like, she's got this kind of thing and I don't like it and if if we disliked her as much as Dawson we would completely go into her for this instead what we're going to do is say that's a really bad thing to say Joey and then we're going to move on so Drew asks her where the love is and Joey says they'd working with him for the last six days you've been working with him, with him for longer than that but presumably they've spent six days no I think they're doing together. this lockdown yeah, yeah 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 she must have lost it and he says how is she going to observe the sabbath and she says that she's got an English term paper and Drew says and this is what made me love Drew even more because he just answered in the way that I would. Drew says, let me guess what your term paper is. How to keep a boyfriend and your virginity or the many uses of the human hand. And I was like, oh my God, Drew and I are the same person. Not the virginity just, stuff though. That's horrible that it's just how like, to keep why a just... boyfriend and your virginity. I thought oh, I think it's awful. Well why know it is. why does it Drew is. care at all about Joey? Because virginity? he fancies Joey. He yeah, knows I know, that she hasn't had sex terrible. with Percy. He knows it's it terrible. actually, actually, can I just say, looking at it in the scene, it is actually fucking terrible. And I was judging, <laughs> I was judging Drew purely by the things that I said. Oh, God, I'm an awful person. Anyway, let's let's not let that get in the way of our podcast. I'll pontificate on that later and worry about my entire it, life it's just but, it's horrible that he even but again it's it's that like sort of focus on female virginity no one has mentioned Dawson's still a virgin no but, yet, but I think are, like and I think the whole thing is this episode, it's he's meant a bit, to yeah. He's a bit obsessed with Joey's virginity and I think it's It's meant to be perceptible that, or at least he's heard that they haven't had sex. And to be fair, we have been obsessed with Joey's virginity for, well, Joey and Pierce's virginity for several episodes now, but it's it's a thing. It's a thing. I get why he's doing it. I did think it was quite funny what he said because it's what I would have said. Oh, I thought but, the stuff about the many uses in, of the human the hand scene, was quite funny though. Because, yeah, because he's obviously talking about finger banging and Joey's and like, and well, like, well, yeah. well, Joey's like, there's a subject that he knows all about and she's basically saying like you're a wanker and you wank a lot and Drew says very good that's what we refer, refer to as a comeback or a retort in French it's a riposte Jean Jean. <laughs> and this feels to me a little bit like Flanta I thought it? it was a little bit I mean it's it's unpleasant the stuff about her virginity is unpleasant if it had just been the many uses of human hand yeah that would have been quite sort of like a little bit risque and funny if if i'm reading it in the way that it was intended which is essentially like a like a, a euphemism yeah but like the stuff about virginity i just can't i can't get on board with and he says it again later and and it's like yeah. why do you have any interest in this woman's sexual he, purity to he would quotes. love 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 to fuck joey and the yeah but it doesn't have anything to do with her virginity. Oh, no, he can fancy her and want to fuck her yeah, but, but the fact where, that where does the virginity come in the fact nah, that he knows that she's horrible. a virgin is something that he wants to wind her up about but it's also something that he also clearly wanks about because he's vile uh, anyway yet, speaking of uh, speaking TV of disgusting things things. and vaginas it's uh, bb <laughs> 
which is bacterial vaginosis or bitch valentine which however however you i mean there's one of them that you really wouldn't like to get and one of them is easily treatable <laughs> so she says good news drew's father's spirit guide has allowed him to leave his crystals and meditation mark long enough to come to new york on business and he wants to see drew tonight and i went straight into Paddington's corner and i was like isn't that about a five hour drive and i checked and it's four and a half hours yeah so it's a long journey so yeah, yeah, a, yeah, but that's a right. drive that's a drive, bearing in mind, where you don't have to Later stop. on, she says that a bus ticket, like a little bit later yeah. in the scene, she gives him a so bus ticket. So that'll be even fucking Which longer. would even be longer, yeah, because... Not like, it's not like... Because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm being a bit pedantic and he's going to get a flight or a private helicopter from the fucking yacht club or whatever. And Drew says, on what planet is this good news? And BV says, on the planet where child maintenance payments are still being negotiated. Like, BV, I don't know how to break this to you, but Drew's 17. In one year's time, there will be no more child maintenance. <laughs> would you not have sorted this out a little bit sooner? No? Right, okay. So she gives him a bus checker, and I was like, long journey that, mate, because, like, that four and a half hours for stops, for pickups and everything else, let's turn it into six. It's not like his dad's just round the corner, and his dad cares about him that much that he couldn't even be asked to see him. And Drew's like, have I got any choice? And this is where BV comes into her own as well. And she's like, yes, darling, of course you've got a choice. You can sit by the driver at the back near the restrooms. And then Joey's like, bon voyage. (laughs) Like well, that. this is where I think Drew is a little bit more interesting and a little bit more rounded than Drew's character development villain. is he's been he's been abandoned by his dad. He's yeah. been brought up by his mum, who's got a huge chip on her, her shoulder because of her drop in social standing. What Drew's done is he's been a little bit in, in fact, he's exactly like Abby, whose parents were divorcing and stopped giving a shit about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So she started to create chaos in other people's lives to try and get something that she wasn't getting out of her own life. Drew is just Abby, they killed Abby off, they regretted it, and they brought Drew in. That's it. Well, it's no, Drabby. Monica Keena didn't want to stay. We'd still That's have true. Abby if that was the case. We might have Drew and Abby, which would be super enjoyable to be perfect. Their honest. sex would just be hot. Bo- I hate yeah, to Yeah, being, being psychopaths together. But, I mean, I don't actually mind it as a character development. I mean, again, it's not fully rounded or anything like that, but he's he's more than just a sort of, like, the, cardboard cut out of a villain. I don't know how I feel about this, to counter this slightly, because I feel like everyone's got issues. And I think a lot of times what TV and film does is it kind of brings somebody out and introduces them as a twat. And then it's like, but they've got all of this in the background and that's why they're a twat. And it's just an excuse. And every single person listening to this, you and I, we all have problems. Some of them are big, some of them are small, some of them are, you know, but everybody's got something that they could use as an excuse to be a colossal massive twat. And when we were talking about Toby last week and how like he was bullied and he became a bully. And I said, you know, that's not normally what happens. Like I was bullied and I became the opposite of a bully. I became a self-obsessed, condescending twat. <laughs> I just um, didn't talk to anyone else. I just, just talked yeah. to myself. Just talked to myself. Um, <laughs> about how but great you, I am. But I get a big myself up because no fucker else would. Did <laughs> I, I mention said, I don't I have myself. a dad? But, you know, everybody <laughs> has issues and how we deal with them is the making of us. So I understand that they're trying to humanise Drew, but at the same time, it's a slightly negative message to put out in a teen drama show because when no, somebody I don't think it like is. Twat, Oh, no, 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 I know. Drew's actually, Drew is a massive gaslighter later in this episode and things like that. But I we've don't, got background, at least. We've got background. I don't, no, 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 I don't. But I think, I suppose I'm thinking towards the end of the episode and I'm not saying yeah, I yeah, like yeah. Drew and I'm not making excuses for him. But I mean, I've said I'd fuck him. And I think that the stuff that went on with the prank and things like 
that. But yeah, anyway, yeah, let, yeah we'll get into it, it later on in this he's episode. A, he's a massive twat, but I would still ride that oh, he's, day. He's awful. <laughs> I would not. Good. We will never fall out over that scenario, which is never going to happen. Would you pick Drew over Percy? Um, why would you just do this and catch me like that? Drew is physically more my type than Percy. Percy is more my type in every single way. So I'd pick Percy over Drew. If I met them wow. both in a bar one night and I just looked at them both and got asked who to fuck, I'd fuck Drew. That would be a weird right. bar that I'm in. <laughs> Look at those two men. Which, yeah, one do you want to, which, which one would you like to fuck? Sounds I'll like take a bar. that one. Sounds Listen, a bit like a brothel. Well, if, if you're taking Drew, I'll have Percy while Look we're at there. that, that's and that's fine. where our friendship continues. <laughs> I'll send you a card full of pictures of me again next week. So Joey says, bon voyage. Hilarious. And then Drew's like, we're not actually finished. Everything needs to go in the storeroom that night. But Joey's already done what she needs to do. So I'd have just been like, again, bon voyage, you fucking bell. But she, she's Joey. <laughs> she's Joey. So we get to Percy and Gretchen, who have arrived at what I presume are the student houses, mansions yeah. that she was living in at college. And immediately Percy's like, this is my kind of place. And there's just people like moving shit around and like... <laughs> They've got, they've got coats on. That. It's not like, like it's like a fucking broadband. Awesome. Like it's like you're in a fucking, carpet. Yeah, it's not like it's like full of Playboy bunnies and a hot tub at one side and like just never ending pints of beer at the other. It's just a few people in like coats shuffling around, but whatever. Bless Pacey, he's really had to lower his expectations a lot. So Gretchen says to not get used to it. They're driving in and driving strip out again. And Pacey's, and Pacey's says, well, like, oh, really? Don't think oh, we are. really, Gretchen? If that's the car that you're planning on driving back, it might take some time. And then we focus on what presumably is Gretchen's car that she left with Nick. And it's got the bonnet up and the wheels off and it's on bricks. This is, I said Drew was gaslighting earlier and he was, but this scene is a fucking a gaslighting nightmare absolutely terrible it makes me feel sick I don't know why I didn't say that at the beginning it's just like it's all just come screaming back to me it's all just truly awful and it's Gretchen's own brother is complicit in her gaslighting because god forbid Dawson and his two-minute penis comes anywhere near her. I know. It's, just it's gaslighting disguised as flattery and it's fucking dead unpleasant. And do you know, like, that sort of idea of taking and things away from people and then going, it's for your own good. Oh, yeah. God, it makes me feel sick, actually. Gretchen, Gretchen, the Gretchplainer, as much as we've had issues with her, she does present herself she as a strong, independent woman. And I, no you know, that, that side of her, I really like. The side of her that, like, weirdly hangs around with Dawson and somehow wants to touch him makes me feel ill but that's another story so Gretchen's absolutely it. fucking fuming and jumps out of the car calling Nick a lying jerk she does and Pacey's like oh look you're being harsh I'm sure oh, there's gonna be a Pacey. good excuse and Gre- Gretchen basically says there always is an excuse and just as she says this Nick who if you had to draw a douche <laughs> like the aha take on me video and make it come to life Nick would appear Nick, Nick is literally appear. the embodiment also, of a douche. If you ordered a douche hair. on the internet, Nick would just turn up. You'd be like, that's not going to work on my vagina. No, Nick is not going to work on your vagina. However, he has been working on somebody's vagina because he comes out of the house kissing a really pretty girl with an overnight bag. He doesn't goodbye. kiss her, he does hug her. Like, oh, so yeah, this is whatever. like a little Because yeah, he probably switch. does a douche kissing the next day in case they get involved because he's a douche. Sorry. This is like kind of supposed to be a switch and bait, though, isn't it? it? Is. Because it essentially, is. we've got Nick hugging this girl as she gets in a car, and Gretchen's like, What the actual living fuck 
And he's like, oh my God, Gretchen, you look so beautiful. Oh my God, fuck off, Nick, please. Gretchen calls him a son of a son of a bitch. She does. We know that people get angry in Dawson's Creek when they crack out the son of a bitch. So she is angry. Well, so basically he's like, I can explain. I can he explain. tries to baffle her with male science. He does men, male car science. Cars men's things. How Everything was fine this morning. Anything. But when he checked the solenoid assembly, it was clogged. I bet it was clogged. She's just left. Absolutely <laughs> clogged. Gretchen's like the solenoid assembly and Pacey's like, it's part of the carburetor. And Gretchen's like, I know what the carburetor is and I also know you don't need to get the tyres off to sort it. And then Nick says something about a low tread and I've already like lost my loving mind over this. But also, it's the way it's framed, right? It's like all those road trips you took, you've got a low tread, like this is yeah, your it's fault. it's her fault. It's your yeah. fault. I'm Which gaslighting think- you and also blaming you because I'm a lovely kind of douche. Oh, God. And then he goes full on gaslighting. He goes full on, like, don't be funny, Gretchen. Don't be funny because I'm a really nice person. What he says is, I know I risk losing your trust and you can hurt my guts all you want. It hurts because he's the victim here, everybody. It hurts. I mean, he he does look like a prize twat, so maybe he is. Oh, he absolutely does. And he says it hurts, but not as much as if something happened to you. Oh my God. Because like all he's doing, like, guys, do he's is protecting about you, her. Oh, he is protecting Katie. her. Then Percy, is like, thanks for looking out for her. I can't even. And Gretchen's like, yeah, Nick Taylor, renowned protector of women, because at least Gretchen has some vague sense about her. And then what Nick says is the woman he was just hugging goodbye is his roommate. She's a geology major. Why we need to know she's that. She's not his roommate, know. she's his housemate. She's got her own bedroom. Oh, sorry, housemate. Yeah, so- sorry. How are you kind? I hope you're not assuming they would stay in the same room, Catherine. But Gretchen basics like, I don't give a fuck and he's like well she lives here she lives here except for tonight and again this is unpleasant this is like removing Gretchen's autonomy and removing her ability to say no and basically going I thought you would want to stay you'd want to see your friends you'd want to do this you'd be tired blah 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 so I've asked her to go and stay with her mum so you can have her room just this unpleasantness disguised as being helpful and nice here's an idea Nick how about you fucking ring her and go listen do you want to stay? Your friends are going to be here. Clearly, you'd have a conversation with them. Or it's not, it's not, it's not a if you give that much of a shit about her, tell her that the car isn't ready yet. When it is ready, you'll drive down with a friend who will also drive a car, drop it off, and then go back with your mate because that would be a true gentleman. But then he gives the illusion of her having options. That's the thing. What he yeah, says to her we'll is if that. you don't want to stay, we'll fix the car later and then you can go and which is really really horrible and then he does the thing about like you'd be up late and you'd want to see your friends so just stay and like you'll have a place to crash and Gretchen is like god help me and but he's she's, like I she tell does you it what, in a way where she's kind of conceded already yeah is, it's ugh. horrible like and I kind of get why because on the surface, this is all very, you know, like helpful, but it's not, it's unpleasant and vaguely, well, no, not vaguely, it's gaslighting and a little bit coercive, like it's sort of like, you're going to do all of these things, but I'm going to dress them up as me doing you a favour when I'm not, I've wrecked your car and I've found a space for you to sleep so I can try and bang you. 
Yeah, and it's horrible. Exactly like that. it really, it really. And the thing is, Pacey does this thing where he is all men. So whenever a man tries to do something to, like, do you remember when AJ wanted to take Joey to see the stars, and Pacey yep. was like, "I am a man. I know exactly what he's trying to do. He's going to do yep. this, this, and this." When a guy is quite clearly trying to bang his sister, who remember sisters are off limits, he instead of saying come on I know exactly what this guy's playing at just plays into it completely and it's just like yeah Nick you're the best and Nick tells Gretchen to go and freshen up and like by the time she's sorted him and Pacey will have cooked her a veggie burger and I, oh. I, I did have to say where's Henry when you need him do you remember when he used to just set up a grill and he made a very good veggie burger come back Henry all is forgiven not really but, but you know he, and, I mean. and the reason that he said veggie burger and I didn't realize that Gretchen was either a vegetarian or b just enjoyed veggie burgers but he's trying to say that he remembers yes, what yeah, Gretchen yeah. likes and Gretchen's like you think you know me and he says more than any guy ever can no, and he says as like, well as any guy can, as well as, well as, as a guy yeah. can, any guy can. And then he's like to Percy because apparently he's just a witter whisperer at this point. Do you like imported beer, Percy? Percy's 17, he likes any beer. Yeah. Horrible scene, horrible, unpleasant. Nick is appalling, he's a douche. That whole scene was framed as like this guy basically trying to be nice to Gretchen and like he wants her to stay and things like that. But every single moment of it was deeply unpleasant. Let's have a change of pace to one of the best scenes I've seen in season four, shall we? Can I do this one? I'm so it is yours. This is the scene where Katie rang me and screeched down the phone. I don't know whether this is season four fatigue or whether this is genuinely brilliant, but let's go for it. I think it's genuinely brilliant. So we get Dawson, who's walking over at Graham's house with a box of crap because Dawson. <gasps> Did you see what was written on the box? I thought you might. Was it box of this. crap? I missed this no, because I was I too busy was. going. Oh my no, motherfucking god! You'll appreciate this, right? He, the box he's carrying says "full litre wine carafe." All right, Gail. Thanks for lending us your box. That's exactly. What That's what I Mitch thought. said as well, and so did Bob. Anyway, so Dawson is walking over at Graham's and. As he's walking over, we see him. It's in the morning. Mr. Brooks is leaving. Grams has got a coat. Oh, I think it was, a, it was an afternoon. I think. Oh, an, an afternoon, afternoon delight. I think, I like, that's exactly what I was going to say. An afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. You go, so Grams and Mr. Mr. Brooks is leaving, and he's saying to Grams, "I'll see you tonight." Then Evelyn, Evelyn, and I was like. I honestly, I just lost my fucking mind at this point. My notes say, oh my God, did Grams get rattled? Has she been fingered more than the pages of her beloved Bible? I am absolutely convinced Grams got rattled. So she says, I can hardly wear Arthur because they're on first name terms now. And Mr. Well, Brooks walks they've off just and fucked Dawson's jaw oh, is... I mean, Dawson, let's, let's you be judgmental fuck. You don't have to be on first name terms with the person you fucked. Guy with plectrum. Hi. Um, <laughs> if you're listening. I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying you do, but in all fairness to them, they've met a co- at least a couple of times. They have, they have. And I was I was shipping their romance for ages. I just didn't expect it to go this quick. So Brooke sees Dawson and he just says, if you value your life, not a word. 
And Dawson still just stood there with his jaw on the fucking floor, as we all would be. <laughs> so he presents the box of clothes in Gail's massive box of wine. And he basically just says to Grams, you know, I figure you could use these at church for whatever charity. And she thanks Dawson. And obviously, Mr. Brooks has literally just said, shut the fuck up, you nosy Dawson is arsehole. such a nosy fuck. And instead of Dawson just smiling inwardly to himself and thinking, well, at least someone's life's going okay, he cannot resist. <laughs> and he basically he just says himself. to Grams, are you and Mr. Brooks dating? And Grams says, at my age, one does not date. And I took that to mean when you're we so old, you might die soon. You just go hard into the banging. Like, literally, <laughs> fuck, get the small talk and just fucking go, fuck me raw, because I don't even know whether I'll be alive in the morning. But regardless, <laughs> I'm going to be waking up next to a stiff. <laughs> <laughs> So Dawson oh, like, doesn't God. even fucking like just take that as his excuse to just shut the fuck up. He's like, but you said you're gonna see him later tonight. And then I was like, this book has totally gone to get Viagra and more lube because old people <laughs> sex. Because why else? Like, if that was a shagathon, you'd just stay there all day. Stop fucking judging old people, old people. Can't. I know. Okay, I'm not gonna judge old people, but things don't work as well as they once did. That we know so, of, Katie. That we, we know of. Because I am gonna be in that position am, in 15 years. You're gonna be in that position next week, love. How's 40? Get your lube and your Viagra. You tell me you're not far away. I'll tell you in two months, sweetheart. Um, so... less than two months, bitch. I think it's really good. He's got a stock up. He knows what it needs. Um, round two, ding, ding, ding. So it no, turns, it turns out tonight they're actually the, going. They're going to go fishy surprise. Fishy surprise, and then to see almost famous at the Rialto. Another Cameron like, Crowe reference. You, yeah, exactly. I love almost famous. It's one of my favourite films. But I was like, Mr. Brooks, you fucking charmer. That sounds like a banging date night. I would absolutely love. Exactly, absolutely love nothing more than, and well, I say a nice restaurant, Gail's Fishy Surprise, okay, but like a very nice fish restaurant, which I'm led to believe Gail's Fishy Surprise is almost <laughs> famous, and then a good old banging, yes, please, literally a good old banging. Um, so he's going to pop that Viagra just before <laughs> Gail's fishy surprise. He's going to get an absolute stonk on halfway through Almost Famous. And then Grams is going to fucking ride the fuck out of it later on tonight. And why I sound so excited by this, I really don't know. <laughs> and I genuinely, genuinely need to have a word with myself. But fucking go <laughs> on, you two. You have restored my faith in sex after 40. Um, sorry, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> So, dinner and a movie on Saturday sounds yeah, like dinner a date, and movie. says That's the exactly insufferable, nosy twat Dawson. And Grams is like, are you this protective of Jennifer? And then Dawson has the audacity. This isn't protectiveness, this is And the short-sightedness to say, Jen is well-versed in the defaults and problems of relationships. Dawson, can I just stop you here? Grams has had children, a marriage, and some random fuck who got drowned in an inch of water before he went to war. <laughs> Grams has lived, Dawson. She used to She's watch Grandpa play with his wood in front of the fire. Like, seriously, <laughs> Dawson? Don't educate the educator. It's, it's really, really rude. This whole thing is really, really rude. And Grams, for some reason, sees it as protectiveness. It's not. It's nosiness. It's not at all. It's nosiness. But, but Grams, is, as well. Grams is brilliant. Grams says, although I've not felt this way since Jen's grandfather has passed on, I can assure you I am. And then she pauses for effect and she says, well-versed. 
And what Grams means is she's an absolute dirt dog. She will do anything. Brooks has rattled hair all over that fucking house. There's nice. jack milk all over her. There's Bible pages flying. Honestly, if you could have seen the carnage that was there. Anyway, and then she thanks Dawson for his concern. About this. Takes his box of clothes. And that is the end of what I think is one of my favourite scenes in Dawson's Creek. Basically, Mr. Brooks rattled. Because apparently I've got an old person please. sex fetish. <laughs> just, found, just found it out now, but there we go. Absolutely fantastic. I'm pretty sure I'm going to call this episode Grams Getting Rattled because it's the Grams Gets Banged. Only Grams? Only Grams. Surely we we must be able to use only Grams for this one. Anyway, we're going back to Drew and Joey who are taking boxes into a storeroom. I just put putting shite in storage. Absolutely scintillating this shit, Katie. Jesus Well, Christ. it started, to, I thought it was going to go a bit like, you know, those like, hostage-type films that were really popular in the early 2000s. I mean, you're not 100% like, Do you want to play a game, yet? Joey? <laughs> 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 Whilst riding around on his little tricycle? Probably has. Because he also reminds me of that character from that American horror story. You know, the, um, what was he called? You know which one I mean, the circus one. Uh, I never mom. watched it. Someone nah, will be able well, to tell you. Other people will be nodding along. Anyway, so Joey, um... She's starting to say that the only problem that she has is Drew. No, well, he's going, like, I don't know what your problem yeah. is. And she says oh. the only problem that she has in her life is him. Fair but she's enough. like, as soon as I get rid of this stuff, it's no longer my problem. Oh, and you know, as soon as somebody Joey, says that, why would you say that? Like, just don't say it. Just do not don't say do it. it so Drew starts to move some boxes just as Joey is going, don't move the boxes. And at that point, the boxes, it seems, are propping up the world's worst door. The world's worst door and also the world's best door. It's the world's best door because it's heavier than a prison door and equally is impossible to get out of. It's also the world's worst door because you have to prop it open with boxes to stop it shutting and its handle immediately falls off. It does, yeah. So the door slams shut, the handle falls off and Drew points out that they're stuck until the cleaning crew arrives on Monday. So Joey's having none of it. Do you think people would be like... There's two teenagers that have just vanished. Well, this is what I was thinking. And, like, he kind of alludes to it later. And I suppose, in a way, it's how they get out in the end. But fuck mm. me. Bessie! She's not a hot home. Where is Bessie's she? Bessie's probably Jesus still on spring Christ. break. Karen Bordy would just, like, take Alexander. Absolutely. We're going, for, we're going for the honeymoon we never had. I'm going to come Well, back in which raw. case, that's even more worrying <laughs> to me, Katie, because that means there's a small child at home alone. Anyway, they've probably just given them to whichever B and B guests had the audacity to turn up for B and B. Anyway, oh so God, you never Joey, let that go, are you? <laughs> Joey is having absolutely none of it, so she's banging and shouting, and then she decides to pick the lock with an eyebrow pencil, which is just the worst suggestion it's ever. Absolutely, also, I've never seen Joey wear eyebrow pencil, and yet she carries it around with her religiously. I was absolutely thinking the same. I know I'm so pedantic, but I was like, Joey's got really good eyebrows. She doesn't need eyebrow pencil. And I will say this: pencil. this was the year 2000 before we all started with the eyebrows, before benefits started with the eyebrows, before we all started getting... Before we all tweezed at... No, we all yeah. tweezed to our eyebrows. Well, exactly. The and 90s, then big you brows didn't have eyebrows. Exactly. But it was before big brows. I can't believe it. I just honestly... Were anyway, Drew goes back to being his absolute twat well, of herself and yeah, suggests that the reason she's Drew, still a virgin... Joey's bag, he's, he's rooting through Joey's virginity as well. But he says that... The reason that she is still a virgin is because she has trust issues with men. Perfectly good reason to be a virgin, to be fair. I think and so, he's, yeah. And he at the same time, disparaging way. Oh, yeah, he's disgusted by it because, you know. So 
he's rooting through a bag at the same time and Joey asks what you're doing and he says that he's just checking on their rations like what are you going to do eat a tampon your dick he's got a slim gym I don't know what the fuck that is if any American no would like to enlighten us that would be wonderful it looked like a pencil in my head it feels like a pepperami it's probably neither of these things and she's got two Altoids which I thought were like Zenex or something, but it turns no, out that they're breath mints. So between them, they can have a snack and fresh breath, which is all you can ask for, really, isn't it? I um, think so. Joey says that if he tries to touch her or her things once more, she's going to put her eyebrow pencil through his heart, which fighting talk, Joey, but A, your eyebrow pencil won't even go through a door, and B, Drew definitely does not have a heart. But anyway, <laughs> and then from one douche, we go back to Kappa Delta douche, which is the fret house, bro. And we've got a party in full swing and I don't even know where to go with this. We've got a frat party in the winter, so everyone's wrapped up wearing gloves. There's a weird, not just a hot tub, but a very specific Scandinavian kind of hot tub, which are the wooden ones. And I have experienced these hot tubs. I've experienced a lot of hot tubs and there's a reason for this, but we will not get into it. But the Scandinavian ones, as far as I'm aware, they've got like this coal thing that fires them up and they're anyway completely unbelievable um, and there's also a skeleton hanging up because some physiology or med student put that there didn't they you little wag you are absolute <laughs> cunts you are all awful people I hate you I, I hate just... you all enjoy Wall Street enjoy your awful awful lives of I just couldn't understand why Nick and Percy were sat in a hot tub just, why does this need to happen in a hot tub it's just so weird it's so in bizarre, the winter and it's just like And you'd think they would have the hot tub there because, you know, chicks and thing. Because hoes before bros until the hoes turn up and then get the hoes into a hot tub and whatever. But you'd think that that hot tub would purely be there for getting girls into it Uh, to get the tits out. But no, no, it is the the dirty chlamydia pond is purely there for Pacey and Nick to have some sort of a weird bro off. Well, Nick is being an absolute fucking... He's being philosophical. No, he's saying he's that just parties are ubiquitous and eternal. Yeah, he, beer flows like tap water, apparently, at university. Who fucking knew? Doesn't. And it's just so like, and, and then, then what I he actually says is, which I know we're going to get a lot of our American listeners. And actually, at this point, over 50% of our listeners are in America. So tell us about it, because I don't believe this to be true, because he says paid for by cheap long-term government loans that education's no. paid even if the government loan even if the government loan paid for some of your tuition it has not paid for that scandinavian fucking hot tub that you sat in and it also hasn't paid for that really fancy house that you're in that's your dad nick your dad might work for the government but these two things are different he's like well this is the life and then they start talking about how high school sucks and about it's all about like being standard so like standardized tests, standardized, standardized lunches, everything, food, standardized, standardized. Everything. Yeah. And then what Nick says is that if you're not standard, you don't fit in. And that's why college is better. It's a fresh it's start. It's a fresh start. So what Pacey says as well that really pissed me off is he says it's basically seven hours a day. For, um, sorry, five hours. Yes. Seven hours seven a day. Seven hours a day. If I look at me, can you tell I did really well at math at college? Uh, he basically says it's seven hours a day, five days a week, crammed into a tiny desk. And Nick's like, yeah, fucking ridiculous, brah. College is a fresh start. And I was like, what the flying fuck do you think is going to happen after college? You're <laughs> literally going to go back to spending not just seven days. You, you're fucking lucky if it's seven, probably 7.5 or eight days a week, five days. I was okay. Sorry, do you know the eight hours a day, a day, five days a week. 
doing exactly the same thing in what is called an office job, unless your dad buys you a company, which in Nick's case is very likely. Sadly, uh, it's not going to happen for you. But if you stick with Joey, maybe your wife can buy you a company. So Gretchen approaches and she's like, I'm not surprised you're getting on. And Nick's like, well, like two peas in a pod. And Gretchen says, more like two slackers in a tub. Which I quite enjoyed. Thank you, Gretchen. Anywhere you can get a jab in love, do it. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. And Nick's like, like, do you want to join us? And funny enough, Gretchen does not want to strip off her winter clothing to get into a dirty fucking chlamydia sex pond well, with her brother. Nick says it'll do wonders for us all. And I'm thinking, sitting in a hot tub with a douche does wonders for nothing. Except well, your ability to get chlamydia, apparently. Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Moving on. But Gretchen says her soul is just fine, which absolutely, I totally agree with you. So Gretchen walks away and what Pacey says, and oh, for fuck's sake, Pacey. Pacey goes away. into this sales pitch, and that is literally what sales pitch is. And he's like, hey, Nick, Gretchen could really use a guy like you in your life. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake, Pacey, like, this is horrible. Please stop. And Nick asks if there is a guy back home, and Pacey's like, no. And then we go to Home Improvement with mm. Jack and Dawson. Yeah, and to Jack saying that him and the baby are going to be 18 years apart, and it's really this wild. This made me lose the will, will to live this bit. Like I, I nearly sobbed for myself because I'm a Leo and obviously Catherine's just had a really big birthday and mine is approaching soon. Can I just like say, I used Catherine's to teach birthday. A level, which like for American listeners is the qualifications you do between 16 and 18 before you go off to university. And I and remember the people who use stood... journal. Sorry, but it is. What? True story. If you never, I, oh God, I don't want to get into it. If you ever visit a prostitute, they'll have lists of what they do and they don't do in A-levels is one thing that, some That's prostitutes absolutely did. horrific does nobody know that i mean not no i never ever knew that but why do i know real, this i was about to say you're giving us a real other side of yourself but you're not really not so, really but i remember being in front of a film studies class and they were getting ready to do their exam when i realized that they were 18 and i was 36 and i was at absolutely double their age and i had a minor existential crisis so it, it I I, I'm not, one i am agreeing point. with you agreeing with you wholeheartedly because what jack does is he basically says when dawson's 36 his sibling will be the same age that they are now and they will just be beginning their life and their lives will be almost over well oh thank my you, god I did what i would give to be 36 right now but also Kurt smith saying this when he was probably 29 30 already yeah, anyway at this point god care but it turns out that dawson isn't listening because you know dawson no because dawson is too busy being a meddling little shit hawk who can't keep his fucking beak out of anyone else's business can't keep his forehead out because it's mahusif dawson's worried oh, that dawson. gonna get a heartbroken why how and what the fuck is it to do with you These and jack fucking adults Dawson. i know adults, like seriously like actual, not even adults but people in the winter of their I'll be lives worried about your dad getting on. his heart broken because gail you can't keep a good girl down and once that baby's been pushed out and jack says that he thought that grandma's heart belonged to the lord and i started singing on with christian soldiers and dawson tells him about brooks and jack's is like i'm really pleased for her as people should be and jack makes a really hilarious comment because he says that she's now got someone to read with and watch fires with and then he says after all grams did say that love is the hardest of woods and i was like i love you jack but also thank you dawson's creek writers who realized how bizarre and ridiculous that and bit of sexual. dialogue was and bought that it back was. Yes. and then Dawson announces that Brooks is dying 
Because Dorothy, right. so Brooks is taking some tablets uh, and has a nurse, and that no. immediately translates into Mr. Brooks is dying. A, well, how do you know you're insufferable tat? And B, also, can I just point out, Dawson, we're all fucking dying. Every day we live, we're a, we're a day closer to death. And <laughs> I'm right sorry. Day. I am sorry if this is depressing people, but talking Jack about existential crisis. Jack started it. He said, "What you think your life is nearly over?" I did. I mean, obviously, oh. Mr. Brooks says it later in the episode, but I did think that, like, where the fuck has Dawson yeah. got this? We knew he was ill, but at no is point have we been like, he's dying. But I suppose Mr. Brooks does confirm it later. No, but... no, no, no. I get that. I get that and everything else. No, but, but at this Jack, point Jack, in the episode, you're Jack like... also takes it at complete face value. So Jack doesn't go how, what, or why. Jack just goes shit. And well, he doesn't say shit, but his face says shit. So without asking for any evidence, he just takes it that he is. And he's like, after losing a husband, how could you fall for someone who's dying? Now, Jack, oh I don't mean God. to be a dick, and you've already been really ageous by your 36 year olds and nearly dead comment. At Grams's age, Unless she starts being a Tamara, every fucker she's going to fall for is going to be pretty near death. So Dawson says that Mr. Brooks hasn't told her. And I'm like, how oh, do you fucking know? And also, maybe Grams is just planning on riding the Viagra wave all the way to the grave. Do you know what I mean? Let her do what the Dawson, fuck she wants to do. Exactly. Just keep your beak out. Fucking adults, Dawson. Nothing like, to 17-year-old boy. With you. It's got anything to do with him. I can't even... Well, I can wrap my head around Dawson. it because it's fucking because Dawson. Dawson. So Jack decides that Dawson has to tell. Has to tell Grams. Yeah, but they're all up in abs because Dawson's like, he hasn't told her. And Jack's, well, someone... Needs How to do tell you her. know? Sorry. Exactly. How do you know? But also, we do Jack, know. Like, it does turn out that we know that he has them. But still, you don't know this. You're making but huge exactly assumptions about adult stuff that neither of you have got any idea. But about. Jack's Jack, how's your like... life? Fucking terrible. Dawson, how is yours? Even worse. Knock your heads together and get on with moving fucking drawers or whatever. But just like focus on yourselves. It's not your business. But Jack's basically like someone has to tell her, and if you don't, I will. I'd be like, go on then, Jack. Knock yourself out. I would be as well, to be perfect. Go over to some Jack milk and tell her that a a fucking lover is dying. But of course, it all comes back to Percy and Joey, Katie, because of course. And oh no, well, I was going to say, we we send it back to Dawson because he's the most important person in this. Well, no, but you know what I mean—the Percy, Joey, Dawson situation. Of course. Uh, Every time, every time, these are the same things. Because Dawson tries to say, and to be fair, Dawson's like, but you should have seen how happy she was earlier. She was in the afterglow. Like, do you know when you've just been like fucked to within an inch of your life? (laughs) And you're like, fucking hell, that was like, there's birds tweeting around you. There's little deers. I know that's Snow White, isn't it? Anyway, it (laughs) gets confusing. Same (laughs) diff. So yeah, she's just been absolutely like fucked out of her mind for the first time in what I'd imagine is quite a long time. So she was just, gosh, she was happy. She was fucking buzzing off her fucking tits. So Dawson's like, you should have seen how happy she was and maybe it's not such a bad thing. And then Jack obviously uses this horrific analogy and he's like, think about Percy and Joey, you were really happy before you knew the truth. Imagine what it would have been like if you'd have been kept in the dark forever. This makes no sense. These couldn't be less different situations 
if they try like we're to. literally talking about life and death not like someone's fucking like someone's shitty heart like fucking oh. crush oh the girl that i love the most ever oh apart from gretchen sorry i yeah, forgot but about apart that from her all oh, absolute shit so it couldn't have been more different but also just stop using it as an example stop using it as an example it's Bored fucking bullshit it. it's been dragged out twice this fucking episode already like fml so then we go back to drew and joey and drew is saying to joey if he was the one with the sweater he would be sharing it and i was like the fuck are you wearing them mate because in england what you're wearing is a sweater like it might not be cable knit <laughs> and horrific like joey's but it's still a sweater but also, i'm pretty sure joey's wearing a vest under her, what i would actually call a cardigan not a sweater i don't know about you oh joey won't remove any layers because that would be sexual um so joey says no and then drew basically says that if anything happens she can eat him and he's clearly just thinking, like, suck my cock. And Joey thinks, actually, that's quite a good idea, not sucking Drew's cock, but thinking about finding something to eat. And they are in a storeroom. So she goes to try and find... Um, she goes up a ladder or whatever to try and find something. She finds something that's expired. And then... Well, she does, but there's this really funny conversation within yeah, all is. of this. Because Drew starts going, I wonder who will play you in a TV version of this ordeal. And I thought it was so funny because what he says is some former teen series idol tried to break into features. Which is Which Katie is essentially Holmes. what Katie Holmes was at that Minus point. Tom Cruise. However, I have to say, and everybody knows that I do kind of fancy Drew, He's shot from the side a lot in this particular episode, and from the side, there's a there's a lot of Tom Cruise going there's on. A hint, so there's my, just a hint of the there's cruise. There's a hint of Cruise. So my mind at this point is just fucking blown. Oh, well. But what he says is, I'm sure Lacey Schauber can't wait to cop an attitude and win an Emmy. I just thought that was really funny because obviously she turned up in Mean Girls not long after. Lacey Schaubert. So, and she was in Party of Five. She was one of the sisters in Party of Five. That's who she was, in case you were wondering, Katie. But anyway. I, also, I thought it was Lisa, so that goes to show how much I was giving a shit. So she finds this tin, and then she falls, and then there's this really badly cut thing where oh, apparently Drew catches her expertly in a very Tom Cruise Mission Impossible kind of way. Exactly. And he sweeps her into his arms, and he thinks that that's the right time to kiss her. Rippy as fuck, Drew, I'm sorry. Uh, it's so really Julie unpleasant. quite rightly punches him. Which is fair absolutely. It, it's unpleasant. Just fuck off, Drew. It's like it isn't. I mean, he tries it. It's not. To be it's fair, really he tries it. Of someone in a vulnerable. She knocks place. him back, but it is. It's all awful, Drew. It's awful, horrible. But, but she is in a vulnerable position. She's just fallen, and he just and she's locked like, in a room with him. I know it's horrible. Like poor Joey. Ugh. But also, she's locked in a room with a guy who thinks it's absolutely appropriate to kiss her, like and who talks constantly about a virginity. Yeah. The fact that grim. Joey isn't sobbing and screaming is absolutely. He's got an eyebrow pencil because I would be beside myself. It's okay. I would be beside so myself because it's be actually beside myself. Actually, it's presented as such a jerk. This and actually, there's something vaguely threatening. Isn't this lols? No, it's not. It's non-consensual. She does punch him, and he does back off. Thankfully. So then we go back to Kappa Delta douche, and the twat party Kappa is douche. in full swing. Twat bras. Um, and Nick is still is. trying to crack on to Gretchen and ask oh. him if she misses shite student parties. And he's like, but look at all of this. What, like a weird hot tub? I can't even. And she's like, no. Well, no, she's saying that she's got a life and things like that. And she's got a job. I mean, yeah, I mean in, in fairness, you work in a girl's fishy surprise and cracking on the doors and Gretchen. I, know I don't know which is the lesser of two evils, but we'll go with it. You've got a She life. says friends, plural. Notice the plural. And I'm like... <laughs> 
Gretchen. Just because just Joey hangs out to get finger banned at your house doesn't mean she's your friend. Well, he doesn't believe her. He doesn't believe her, Katie. He knows her so, so well. He knows when she's lying. Oh, because she sticks out her chin. Oh, fuck off. Like, and he's oh, like, I hate men like And this. then he touches like, it and he's got, you've, you've got, you've got yeah. a little line there. And I was like, oh, maybe these uh, Capitola douche parties are a bit more fun than I thought. But he means a line, an actual line on her chin. Ah, when he says that line on her chin, drove him crazy. And Gretchen isn't falling for it. And she says, don't no. try to be the sensitive boy who cares, shtick. I'm not going upstairs to see your guitar. And then I was like, that is a euphemism that I could completely get down with. And then I remembered like, the it's 10 years of my life between 99 yeah. and uh, 1999 and 2009. Why do you think I'm married that, at this point? Yeah, it's worked for all of us. Um, better for you than We've us, all fallen for that line. We've all fallen. I mean, lads, I would, if anyone wants it. to show me their guitar, I will. And then Pacey comes back over and he's like, it's so good to see you together. And I'm sorry, fuck off, Pacey. Fuck off, Pacey. I love you, but I'm yeah. so annoyed with you this episode. This, so this episode's awful. Pacey says, can you believe Gretchen is still single? And Gretchen's like, I'm going to excuse myself before you show him my teeth to prove what good breeding stock I Which am. Which I loved. Absolutely, absolutely true. Brilliant. Because they are treating her like absolute chattel or a horse or cattle to sell. So Pacey tells Nick that Gretchen's crazy about him. No, and she, that she are, where's and the ridiculous. It's but awful. The thing this, is, the annoying thing is, Pacey knows, I know that it, it gets revealed quite obviously that Nick is a douche but anybody with any kind of I don't know anybody who's met another human being just once in their life <laughs> anybody with any kind of functioning experience of like, human beings yeah would understand that Nick is a douche and we didn't need the the whole like thing that comes out later to show that Nick is a douche Nick is a douche Pacey you know you know that Nick is a douche but what Nick isn't is Dawson so Pacey would rather Nick rattled his sister right now and then dumped her again and tried to like pure shit then yeah, Dawson have one like sad little finger bang with her and then sob afterwards and come in his pants and do you know Percy think about it but there's sort of like trying to do a good thing and be like oh I think she likes you and then just openly bullshitting which is what Percy's doing because he doesn't want it to be near Dawson it's it's awful it's but he's awful. being awful and he's it's not that he thinks that Gretchen should be with Nick no he just doesn't want it to be with Dawson that's what I said he literally doesn't want it to be with Dawson this is the lesser of two evils as far as he's concerned and what he does which is really duplicitous is he says that Gretchen couldn't stop talking about him on the way down which is here. a lie now and Gretchen, well, Gretchen did talk liar. about him she eventually well, said, said yeah. why she was going there but she started talking about him and not in a good way but he's making Nick think that that's really really good so anyway it goes from that and it, this girl just randomly like looks in their direction like she's probably looking for where the tap of beer the endless tap of beer is or or what she might be doing is going why the fuck is there a Scandinavian hot tub in the middle of the garden I don't know but she glances over <laughs> and Nick's like that girl likes you and Pacey's like, uh, mm, I'm not sure whether or not this is a good idea. And then Nick tries to sell her because all women are just there because sold on child. a list of achievements. And he's like, she likes horses, water sports, which made me laugh a lot. Why does Nick know so much about Because her? he's fucked it's her. because he's been through her. He, he's like, fucked her. He's oh, fucked her, awful. chucked her. And now he's passed her on because Capadelta douche bra. Fucking dicks. And she women, likes back rubs no from like you. Women know your place. Percy, if you want to fuck her, you can, because women, to be passed around, 
It's horrible. It's horrible. And I will give Percy his dues and all No, of this I more. won't. I am going oh! to criticise Percy now. I'll go on then. But Percy is told basically she's easy and she'll shag you. I've had her. That's effectively what Nick's saying. I think is what and he's saying. Percy says it's not a very good idea because there's somebody back at home who would think it was a very bad idea. Oh, yeah, sorry. What Percy's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. is he's right. deviating his choice to Joey. Let's take Joey out of the equation because she's fuck all to do with this decision, Percy. If you don't want to fuck that girl, you tell Nick... I don't want to have anything to do with another girl because there's a girl back home that I love and adore. You don't say oh, my her, girlfriend her, wouldn't her like back it. indoors wouldn't be too impressed because that suggests that you would if you could, but you can't. And that is shit. I'm sorry. Find your balls, mate. Oh, yeah, it's really unpleasant. Sorry, I don't know why. Like, I totally decide. What's really interesting is that my notes aren't about that which I think is really interesting because obviously I've tried to give Percy a pass subconsciously, haven't I? Basically, Nick's like, oh, there's like a bedroom, two dot, second dot to the left, there's, there's condoms in a box by the futon. Can I'm I going just to say, no, no, sister. no. Sorry, I've got it. I've got to do this bit because this is the most Go privileged on. phase I've ever heard in my life. What he actually says is the condoms are in the cigar box next oh, to the cigar, futon, sorry. which is effectively saying... The prophylactics are in the humidor next to the chaise long. If you can't locate them, Jeeves will help. I mean, have you ever, like, who the fuck has a cigar box? Who has a futon at this point? Ikea hasn't even been discovered in America. Like, you privileged twats. Like, why don't you just have Johnny's, like, I don't know, in your pockets, like normal people? Do you know what, Katie? Someone who keeps condoms in a box by their bed is someone who bangs a lot. Just saying. But a cigar Just box, saying. it's a humidor. They're expensive. I bought one once. It's a long story again. Anyway. Not want to tell now. So Percy goes Percy to say, goes something. To say yeah. something. And Nick's like, don't mention it, brah. <laughs> don't mention it, brah. Guys like us have to stick together. And I think that hopefully at this point, Percy realises that it's awful to be like Nick. But this is, this is what he did. It wasn't the bit where he was in the fucking random hot tub in the middle of the frat bra party. It wasn't the fact that Nick, before even speaking, just upon seeing him, the douche was oozing out of him like oil from an oil spill. It was none of oh, that. It's do you know what bit. I meant to say to you? Do you know who the actor is? You might not actually know No, who the because actor it is. was annoying me because part of me was thinking Kevin Bacon, which it clearly no, isn't. he went on to, to be an angel. Oh, that's maybe why I recognise him. He's called Christopher Kane. I meant to say this to you earlier. I, I always yet, wanted to be Yeah, an angel. and I know. Or for him to be in me. Anyway. Oh, so this is Percy probably why I didn't bother mentioning yeah. it because I knew you were gonna And make Nick says, Don't mention it. Guys like us look out for each other. And Percy uh, realizes he's being lumped with an absolute fucking dick. I mean, at the point where he was laughing about taking government loans to pay for his like sex parties might have been the point that you thought he was a bit of a dick, Percy. Or the fact where, you know, he'd like absolutely ravaged your sister's car. But no matter, you finally realise that he's an absolute Yeah, but do you know when Percy realises that he's awful is when Percy realises that he's liking themselves to each other so much and then he's realised yeah. he's not like And Percy doesn't want to be like him. all the stuff with his sister, I know you've kind of already said that. Anyway. This is really Dawson though. As soon as it's centred around Percy... That's when he realizes that actually I don't want to be like you and I'm not like you. And that's a very Dawson kind of response to something. Dawson will see something happening, but once it's likened to him and his morality, that's when he doesn't like it. So sorry. Right now, Percy, you are Dawson. So we go from that so, to Graham's. Speaking of Dawson, sorted, the sorting sorting a flower out. <clears throat> and there's a knock meddling. on the door. And, 
Dawson. Can I just say, do you want to put sexual healing back on? Catherine was playing it for me before we started this podcast. And I was like, do you want me to finger you? I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. She was putting a story on Instagram, apparently. Anyway, I got my tits out. It was all fine. So, Grams is playing with a flower and Grams has dyed her hair. She's got it out. She's got a fancy She fucking dress looks on. great. Oh, I think great. I reckon I reckon Grams trimmed her bush as well. Um, Grams so is a, a good looking woman. She's a good looking there's woman. There's a knock on the door, and imagine the disappointment when you think it's Brooks with his Viagra engorged penis out Dawson. and it's Dawson. I mean, and Dawson's like wow you look beautiful not the time Dawson like please don't try it on with Grams. oh my god Katie I can't even cope with the next thing that happens uh. I've just read my notes I don't know I, I keep wiping things from my brain the way that Dawson talks to Grams in this next bit makes just makes me enraged who the fuck do you think you are speaking to you child like oh god He's done. Let you take it because so, I'm going to scream into the mic. Grams says me. that she hopes the dress that she's wearing, which is very puritan, it's high necked and it's covering everything up. But it's I know, not very but it looks it's, it's not it's very, very I would wear that now, just saying. Grams is snarky as fuck, and she's like, I hope the dress isn't too much because I wouldn't want people to think I'm dating. And then Dawson being the absolute insufferable, insufferable, horrible, big foreheaded twat that he is, decides to give Grams a lecture on love, despite fucking oh, up every relationship, so friendship, and fa- family relationship that he's ever had. Dawson and, and Dawson's like relationship now Grams. Now Grams. I know that getting into a new relationship can be intoxicating. However, and Grams is like, she sees that he's not there with new clothes. Sorry, with old clothes for charity. And there's a bit about Jen not being there and a funny pun on the concert. Oh, yeah. It's about Grams is basically widespread panic. Yeah, and fish. And Grams is basically like, what the fuck do you want? I'm paraphrasing now. And then Grams, who seems to have been on the hallucinogenics or the shrooms, <laughs> just goes off on one and starts quoting Midsummer Night's Dream and then sticks a flower in her head. And Dawson's just like, she's got good gear, so I don't really want to get on the wrong side of her because like my bong's been good. But psychedelics, man. This is where it's fucking at. Do you not remember so at the end of season like, three when Grams- clearly Dawson's drug dealer went to jail? Like, and it all went and it up. An arse again. Keep her on a good so, side, Dawson's Dawson. discovered psychedelics, as has Grams. Midway through her um, monologue from Midsummer Night's Dream, <laughs> she asks Dawson what he wants to talk about, and Dawson's like, oh, nothing. I just want to say I have a great time tonight. So he goes to leave, and Grams is like, I know he's sick. And I was like... Dawson went, you do. And I was like, please, Grams, just turn around and say, yeah, he asked me to piss on his face last night and call him daddy. He's sick. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with anybody who does want to piss on someone's face and be called daddy. I'm not but saying you you're know sick, Grams but I just thought that would be that. funny. But Grams would think that, though. So come on. She doesn't mean just sick, sick, or even good sick. She means physically sick. And Grams is like, isn't that what you're trying to say? And Dawson's like, did he tell you? And Grams is like, as if Brooks would tell me. However, I've been a nurse for 47 years and a woman for a bit longer than that. Yeah, she was saying she was a nurse for 47 years. Right. That's where she met the guy you drowned in two inches of water at once. Her age fluctuates, doesn't it? Let's be perfectly honest. But this is Dawson's week, so let's even not even bother. But also, she says this so somehow she can just pick up on death with her medical fanny because that's what she's saying. (laughs) She's like, I'm a woman and I've got medical experience, so her fanny's just like, (laughs) as fannies can sniff, (laughs) y'all. 
I can smell death, Mr. Brooks, but that's still a good cock. So I am going to ride me some. And Dawson's like, if you know that, how can you start something? And oh, this, did make me, this did make me cry a little bit. No, well, I'm says, and Dawson brings it back to him. But how could fucking Dawson say that to someone? Like, can you imagine being that insensitive? Just step out of this situation for one second and imagine going to someone. Oh my God, as if you were the dying person. Like, how could you do that? Like, they're only going to die, which is essentially what Dawson says. And like, I find it so insensitive. Oh, it's terrible. It's it's peak, peak, peak Dawson. So Graham says, look, we laugh together. We have a love of the same things. Like, what? And do you know how hard that is to find? And Dawson's like, well, yes, actually, I do know. Oh, I, of also course know. He I also know how hard it is when it ends because it's all about Shut Dawson, up. remember? You're 17. I, and Graham says something truly wonderful. And Graham says a single yeah, moment this. of true joy is more powerful than a life of sorrow. To be fair, Grams is dick drunk. She's absolutely cockstruck. Like, she's not even think, thinking oh, about yeah. it, but it is a like, lovely, lovely sentiment. She's in a dong haze, isn't she? But like, dong haze, I love that. Dong haze? <laughs> she's dong struck. I like it. I also think that we're sort of moving into this more philosophical part of the episode. We are, right and now. that's the tau, the tail, the tea, the whatever the fuck. So we go back to Percy, who's having to change a heart about Nick. And I had to rewind oh. this bit three times because Percy starts by saying to Gretchen, your ex puts the A into hole. And I was like, what does, the fuck's yeah. just happened? <laughs> and I, I honestly had to rewind it three times because I was like, he's done what? Because he doesn't say the A into arsehole. He just says your ex has put the A into a hole. A and hole. I was like, he does actually say that, yeah, because I did go back and look at that. Three as well. times I with subtitles. I read it as your ex puts the A into a hole, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He just says hole. And I was like, the fuck? That escalated quickly. <laughs> um, but it turns out that he's not analed anybody, at least not until the roofies kick in. And Gretchen's oh, like, God. I know it. And I don't need protecting from him. And Pacey realises that that's the reason she left college. Well done, Pacey. And Pacey becomes the like protective older brother. And he's like, what did he do to you? Right. I'm really, I'm in two minds about this. Because at one point, so Pacey says, as you've just said, is he's the reason you left school. And Gretchen says, I am the reason I left school, which I quite liked. It's like, this is my choice. Yeah. I made that choice. This it was is where brilliant. I am. Wonderful. Yeah. Until then, she goes, it's not just his fault, it's mine. I allowed it to happen. Yeah. And I wanted it to happen. And to be fair, there oh my a- God, I... I don't want to get the Nick pass out, but she fucked no, him in the back a of the Nick car. Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He wanted that- to do it. I Whatever that- she was doing with her contraception didn't work that's or, up to her no 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 there, but also but that like, is up to, up to her, her. she's like, taking responsibility it was a consensual act i think is what's happening here and i think that what gretchen and i do get what the writers are trying to do is that they're trying to empower gretchen and do you know what dawson's creek writers if you wanted to empower gretchen you should have done that through the entire fucking episode by giving her some fucking autonomy over who and what she does but apparently not so like the stuff i didn't mind about it because basically she's saying that I take responsibility for the things that happened to me and it's not just about Nick which is absolutely reasonable but also we've met Nick and we know he's awful and of course Gretchen will have wanted to get I mean, we have we haven't literally, and you know we what? haven't literally met him but we've met no, a lot of Nick no thank fuck no but within the episode and 
actually what would have been better is this had happened and also I realized he was a world-class douche and decided to get away like that's the thing that bothers yeah. me a little bit about it but at least like she's like no this is my decision this isn't a decision based on a man I think that's what they're trying to do it's not totally great though but she says like it's my fault you can't just blame him and Pacey says for what and then she basically says that she got pregnant and had a miscarriage and then Pacey is suddenly really really contrite because yeah this is where you should be contrite Pacey this is you, you shouldn't have done it in the first place like I love Pacey and it's like again I get it's basically Pacey trying to do Dawson down, but it's just all a bit awful and I don't like it. But Pacey says, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have forced you together if I'd knew. And it's like, but you shouldn't have anyway. Like, yeah, that's not yeah. the point. You don't look like, all right, I'm going to try and make you What's have sex with a douche. Oh, but you've exactly. had a miscarriage. Maybe I shouldn't have. Oh, it maybe I shouldn't have like that. done that. But also like then that. Pacey says, which I also think is really interesting. How did Nick react when he found out? And it's like, who fucking cares? Who cares what Nick felt? What about Gretchen? Why didn't Pacey say, are you all right? Like, but he asks about Nick, which I thought was really fucking weird. And then Gretchen says, well, he doesn't know. And I didn't want to in interrupt his plans to sleep with half of a like sorority house. And Pacey's like, oh my God, what a dick. Uh, Pacey. He says it twice. He's so annoyed. Pacey? Yeah, now you've realised he's a dick. Well done. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he's like, and Pacey's like, well, I can't believe I was hanging out with him. You were practically hanging out of his ass, yeah. Pacey. Like, what? You were hanging out of his ass. You were also encouraging him to hang out of his sister's ass, Pacey. And I'm sorry, there were no Pacey passes here. It is terrible. It's really awful. And Gretchen tries to make Pacey feel better because that's what women do. Men act like dicks and so we're meant to make them feel better. So Gretchen says yeah. that everything that Pacey liked about him, she no, says, she says too. she's not a victim. The first thing she actually says is, I'm not a victim here, which is she's untrue. Not. Because she, no, she is absolutely a victim of gaslighting. The way Nick's behaved in this episode is the way he behaved oh, no, in the entire relationship. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a victim. Like, I but get she's what she's saying, but it. she is a victim. And what Gretchen says is, I don't want him to know, and nobody knows except Dawson, which of course Pacey Ooh. is upset about because. Dawson you before me are oh, Percy not the time or place Seriously Not the time or and, place And Gretchen makes a really good point Because she says look you're my brother And I don't want to tell my brother Who has a specific opinion of how his sister is supposed to behave This and like why would you tell you Like it's not something It's something you tell your friend also, To be fair why you tell Dawson But it was the girl thing And it all kind of fit into it And all the rest of it And she says that she left school to work on Who she wants to be And she can't okay. just fit into who Everybody else wants her to be And Percy says well at least you know who Nick is now And I'm like she, she already did mate Percy She didn't need that that's exactly the point. The reason that she left is because of R oh, anywhere. But then anywhere. Nick comes and like just guides her back inside and Pacey just stands there instead of being like, you're a douche, I'm going to knock you out and we're going home. Pacey's just like, uh, all right. Uh, uh, awful. So, so whatever. Terrible. So anyway, we move on to Dawson editing Mr. Brooks. And it's the little bit that we got last week with the God, I miss her stuff. Aww. Because Dawson apparently is just using everything that Mr. Brooks says as an excuse to do what he wants. Do you know what I mean? So like last week, Mr. Brooks was like, I miss her. Don't just leave things. So he yeah, went running so to Gretchen. But now yeah. with this, at the beginning of this episode, he has decided that he is just going to leave things. But <laughs> let's see how this is. It's Tao Dawson like Zangwem. Oh, fucking... Oh, right. Anyway, Dawson says 
why would you cut a scene before it's over? And Mr. Brooks is like, nobody's saying anything. Also, I will say at this point, Mr. Brooks was wearing a nice suit. He was, although it was black. So I was like, is he going on a date or is he going to his own funeral? With well, I think this is the point, have. isn't it? Yeah, this is the point. <laughs> so Dawson says, like, you know, look at your face. Your expression says more than the words ever could. And Mr. Brooks is all sort of happy. And he's like, it seems like you're developing a pretty good eye. You're hanging out with the right people. So that's all nice. And then Mr. Brooks asks Dawson for his help. Mr. Brooks, why would you do this? Why would you do this to yourself and to all of us? Why? Because what he wants to know is, he says to Dawson, Evelyn Ryan and I have been spending a lot of time together and I've grown fond of her and I'd like her to know that so. And he shows Dawson some earrings. Right. I thought you might know about these earrings. Are they black pearl that he shows him because they're nice? I um, thought they were black I thought they were, pearl. Yeah, pe- black pearl or onyx or something. Black pearl's really, really rare though. So he's spending the cash if it's black pearl. It wasn't onyx, it wasn't like Jemmy, it was, yeah, it was like Sheeny, I can't believe we're on this conversation. So he says, do you think it's too much? Which maybe they are Black Pearl then in that case, if um, he thinks it's too much. And Dawson, rightly, finally, Dawson. At the wrong time, really. I know, totally the wrong time. It's very ridiculous. (laughs) Dawson's just put his nebby little beak into every single facet of Mr. Brooks' life since he had the misfortune to meet Dawson and also for Dawson to fucking absolutely annihilate his butt. When he asks him, like, quite a benign question, like, do you like the earrings and should I give them to her? Dawson's like, I don't think it's my place to have an opinion. Fucking hell, Dawson. I mean, okay. Right, fine. Just to everyone, just wait because Dawson's about to form an opinion. Don't you fucking worry about it. Don't be scared that he's actually not going to have an opinion. <laughs> that would be yeah, ridiculous. don't worry that. But Mr. Brooks, and again, like I sort of like, right, okay. Like everyone just seems to be reading each other's mind in this fucking episode, don't they? Grams knows that Mr. Brooks is ill. And we get into this, they don't know that you know, they know, they know. Oh my God, because basically Mr. Brooks says... Is that because a dying man just told you that he's fond of a woman who's like a grandmother to you? And I was like, is she? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that Grams, Grams hasn't has had a sort of vague dislike of Dawson for most of the time, kind of like everyone else. Particularly really. when he's trying to poke her granddaughter. But yeah, OK, whatever. They've never really spent any time together up until this point. There is no scenes that jump out at me from seasons one to three where Grams and Dawson had any sort of insightful conversation, maybe one in the hurricane scene where she misquoted Dolly Parton, if you recall. Anyway, so Dawson says, do you have any idea what she went through with her late husband? For fuck's sake, Dawson. I, mean, I know, like, Again, obviously they're doing a lot place. of shagging, but A, it's not your place, and B, I believe they will actually have conversations, and, and, you know, they're at a stage in their life where they will definitely have had this conversation. Dawson, like, fuck off. Dawson, fuck but off. does Dawson even know? He's just made like it's he's acting like the fucking judge and juror of everyone. Like he knows Graham so well. No, Dawson doesn't know what Graham's went through with the grandfather. He knows what Jen went through with his a grandfather, and that's two very different things. It's just a bit bullshitty. But actually, Mr. Brooks is like, actually, I do. And this is when Mr. Brooks, I, if I was, I, I want, I want the Mr. Brooks from the past few episodes who's like, get the fuck out of my house, get off my porch, kid. 
he's actually like tolerating Dawson here, which is really, really annoying. Is it just because everyone's getting laid, so no one cares? Uh, yeah, everyone's just having is that. What that sex. is, Mr. Brooks is just like, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. I'm getting some, I'm getting me some Evelyn sex. Yeah, but Dawson goes to say, well, and Mr. Brooks is like, right, well, if I care about her, how could I put her through that again? And Dawson's like, yeah, and it's sort of like, but Grams has already gone through this with you, Dawson. And Mr. Brooks says, and the, Brooks and, has and already starts, gone through Grams, so there we go. Oh, <laughs> but what Mr. Brooks says is that and again very similar to what Graham said actually is if there's one thing worse than the pain of loss it's the aching void of inaction so here we go in a roundabout way because everything's always about Dawson anything that Mr Brooks says Dawson's going to interpret as being about him everything is about Dawson Dawson. someone taking the trash out it's about Dawson absolutely well what Mr Brooks says is (laughs) Graham's isn't the sort of person who could live like that so fair enough. They're both just desperate for a bit of a fucking. They're getting it. Beak out, Dawson. Beak out. Dawson's just jealous because he's the only one not oh, getting it. Oh, get your fucking schnab out, you twat. Anyway, Mr. Brooks is like, she knows I'm sick. And Dawson's it, right? And this is where it gets really, really complex. It's like the episode of Friends where everyone kind of knows about Monica and Chandler. And Dawson's like, she knows. And you know she knows. And neither one of you have said anything. And again, that's up to them, Dawson. Oh, like, why is he so up in arms about everyone else? Like, fucking, let's look inward, Dawson. Let's look inward. And Mr. Brooks is like, there's no need. And this is where Mr. Brooks starts to make some sense. And it's kind of what, what you were saying earlier. He says that there's no need. When you get to the end of the race, it's both obvious and inevitable. Make no mistake about it, kid. God intends to kill us all. You'll find that out. You don't have to have your life dictated by the cosmos. You'll fall in love with the wrong woman. You'll tell fate to piss off. You don't like its plans for you. Sure, there's heartache to be had, but it's a small price to pay for living and dying on your own terms, which is lovely. And I sort of like, there is something within this I like about the play between this concept of leaving things up to fate and actually dealing with things yourself. And And I like that. I think it's a bit buried and and it's not necessarily smoothly done but there is some good stuff in here about like sort of taking your own lives in your hands so we started this is the character arc for Dawson essentially this episode is that he started deciding that inaction was the best way forward and as he moves through to look at other people and the way that they're living their lives that what you'll start to see is actually action is the best thing and if you want something you don't leave things up to fate so that's okay I suppose I'm, I'm all right with that and Dawson's like give her the earrings and Mr. Brooks says, thank you, kid. Okay. Because, you know, he wasn't going to do it unless he'd have got your approval, you dick. I know. Well, and then we're back, back to, to... Kappa Delta Douche. Kappa Delta Douche. And Nick and Gretchen are chatting. And he's asking if she ever thinks of him. Oh, why are we still on this fucking merry-go-round? Right, Gretchen, you did good work last scene. The last scene we saw you in, you were doing decent work. You were saying that this is for me. I want to do things for me. You took a bit of power back. You got a little tiny bit of autonomy. You wrestled it away from the fucking grubby hands of the Dawson's Creek writers. So why are we right back here? Because she says rarely and he's like, oh, chin, chin, because he knows her so well. Oh, And then he's like, I think about you. And then he sort of basically insinuates this story where they had just a massive bangathon rather than revise for a test. 
and Gretchen's like, ah, ha, ha. but also he says astronomy. Like, why were Gretchen and Nick doing astronomy? Yeah, like, I, I mean, to be fair, if somebody said, do you want to do an astronomy exam or fuck Nick, I'd still do the astronomy exam, but it does seem Same. very odd that they were doing that. Gretchen laughs and says that they failed the test the next day. Obviously, the insinuation being that they just locked themselves in a room and fucking banged themselves solid, and I really want to vomit because it's making me feel properly ill. Um, also, can I just ask a question at this point and go, why were they banging in Gretchen's car if Nick has that room? Because she shared with a roommate. So yeah, but why they just got a Nick's Just go back to Nick's. Probably because Nick's last Sorry. shag was still in there. Probably. Yeah, good point. So she says that we had a lot of good times and had been the operative word. Past tense. And then he, because he's unpleasant, is like old friends we're old friends the thing about old friends is that they know you uh, and they know what makes you tick uh is he suggesting that like essentially like i know i know how to do it i know how to get you off gretchen yeah, is that yeah. what he's insinuating yeah but he's doing, he, his, his whole thing is that he knows her so so well but he's also basically saying that i mean it, it, it keeps sort of running through that they obviously had quite a good sex life and he keeps trying to remind her of that as well Oh God, he's just well. It'd have to be quite good vile. if you're willing to do it in a car. In a it would have to be lot. quite good if you're willing to do it with Nick full stop. I would think like he would have to pull out something fucking amazing that wasn't just his douchey diseased dick for me to even think about it. it absolutely. At this point, Gretchen tells Nick he's drunk. Now Nick seems like he's been the same to me entire episode. Yeah. So I think that Christopher Kane needs to go to the Joey Potter School of drunk acting. Of drunk acting, just so we're a bit brilliant. Which is a bit. Which have we one general shot. Lose your fucking shit. Um, wobble all over, uh, pick a fight with somebody, cry. That's what you do. Or the Dawson Levy school, uh, where you just puke up all over and chuck your head in a cake. Well, no, you're like, insult everyone and then, yeah. Go, yeah. Either is fine by me. She's like, you're drunk, and his response is, you're gorgeous. Uh, and she asks if he ever changes. The question obviously asks if Nick ever changes, and by that, I assume she means by being an absolute, complete douche all of the time. Um, and Nick says that he knows why she came here, and it wasn't about the car. And then he was like, you've come a long distance. And I was like, is it that far from Capeside? Where are they? But he meant metaphorically. And doesn't she want to go the rest of the way? And we're back to sex, <sighs> and I'm back to vomiting. So he gets up and extends his hand, and she takes it. And allows herself to be led upstairs by him while Pacey's just watching fuming. I'm sorry for Pacey, but like you've had a part in this as well, mate. I've got no sympathy. It's horrible. I don't like it at all. And speaking of things I don't like, we've got back Joey to the broom cupboard of doom, aren't we? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, his shine has come up quick, hasn't it? How the fuck, though? Like, that's a that's it would be a, two, a little bit br- it would be a little eye. bit yeah. swollen at the moment and a little bit red. That's a good yeah. But whatever. Yeah, he's of, her, she goes to talk she to him. tries yeah. to help him. He tells her back and he's off. like back off, back off. Because he's all about bodily autonomy, as Audrey. Oh yeah, absolutely true. For fuck's sake, and he says like, if I get any more help from you, I'll be spending fresh freshman year of college in traction which was quite funny and joey says like if anyone should be upset it's me which is uh, absolutely 100 bang on and this is where like it's kind of oh why don't men just apologize and back the fuck off in dawson's creek yeah. why is negging flirting why why are women not allowed just to go will you fuck off yeah or whatever version whatever pg-13 women know your li- women know your limits tell men to fuck off i've been doing it for years it's wonderful 
Oh, it really is. But he's like, you tried to kill me. And she's like, you tried to kiss me. And again, right, he's like, I saved your life. And and then he says, I saved your life. And I was acting on a moment. And I really feel like everything in Dawson's Creek between men and women is dead transactional, particularly in this episode. So Dawson wants Percy to let him have Gretchen. And Drew wants, Drew saves Joey, so he deserves a kiss. And Percy wants to trade Gretchen, so he's not. Anyway, it's like all really transactional. Do you know what I mean? And it's that idea that I have done something, so I deserve a woman. And it's fucking really unpleasant. Although the only time when somebody does something and it's not transactional is when Percy does something absolutely amazing and still doesn't even get a blow away. We do, we do, we do get a bit pissed off about that. But no, seriously, it's all awful. It's all licky. It's all horrible. So yeah, Drew basically then has this awful moment where he equates prettiness with niceness. Um, Because if you're pretty, you've got to be nice. And he's like, how did a pretty girl like you get so damn mean? And Joey... The representations are awful. I mean, I just can't. And Joey's like, I'm not mean. And he says, aren't you? You're kidding, aren't you? Even the bus boys are terrified of you. They call you El Toro, which is a little bit of racism because presumably the bus boys, they're all all Mexican because it's Spanish, isn't it? And also, El Toro means the bull in Spanish. And I was like, that's such a weird nickname <laughs> of all of the things that I would describe Joey as. Like, she's just bullish and she's quite, but it's, it's a shit nickname. And she's a Work bit, on yeah. your nickname, seriously. And Joey's like, oh shit, really? Um, and looks a bit affected by it. And she says, oh, when you, you're living on your own, you have to Why learn how to take care of yourself. Um, and you develop a pretty thick outer shell. So then what they do is they have a woe's me off. And Drew's saying, well, at least your dad is in prison. Uh, f- spending time with my dad <laughs> feels like being in prison. Like, for fuck's oh, sake. For- um at least you know your dad is guys that's all i'm gonna say um <laughs> and where he is so joey says but i thought oh your dad was this wealthy cool businessman and drew's like yeah he seems like the coolest guy in the world until i discovered him feverently studying the karma sutra on my mother's new mexican tiled kitchen floor with someone who was definitely not his mother and this just because bitch valentine's philandering ex-husband can't keep his dick in his pants we're meant to feel sorry not just sorry for drew but also also share our cardigan with him which is what joey does she's like oh bless yeah. you actually have a bit of my cardigan it's yeah i don't like it's sort of like that idea of oh you can't be sexually aggressive because you're damaged and it's like y- you kind of made the point earlier that one doesn't beget the other and you can be awful and have bad things to happen to you or you can be awful and make sure bad things don't happen it's like this idea that he's somehow less threatening because he has a hard time but this is what i suppose i was alluding to earlier about like Drew's personality that at least there's a little bit of that 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 we know him a little better that there's there's some sort of dimension to him whether I like the dimension is a different matter altogether but sure okay and then he says where's Percy this evening will he be frantically checking hospitals which is a really fucking good point because might not be Percy but what about Bessie and Joey's like he's on a road trip with his sister and Drew starts asking how she stays in a relationship with someone who's so different from you and this this is just weird like this is just Joey says words this because none of it makes any sense like on the surface it's lovely and it's fine and it's great but actually when you dig down a little bit you're like this isn't Percy and Joey at all because she says we're not that different and he's like oh please you're responsible and reasonable and he's reckless and rash which Joey is quite reckless and Joey can be quite rash and Percy can be quite responsible and Percy is reasonable and Joey isn't reasonable like watch last episode Drew 
obviously you weren't privy to that so you wouldn't know and then she goes well he's constantly surprising me maybe in season three joey but not anymore because you crumbling marriage of 15 years there is no surprises left and I, I just like so basically she's saying that a part of his rash, rashness is that he's intensely passionate I mean okay and differences are important and they make for a richer relationship it's just words these are just words as far as I can see and then actually what Drew says is yeah maybe in high school but the last I heard Harvard wasn't admitting rash boyfriends of candidates just to keep the world's cutest couple together I don't know <laughs> the Dean of Worthington practically jizzed in his pants over Percy so maybe they will I, I do sort of get I mean Drew's trying to shit stare but this is something that is going to come up down the line at some point because he what he does it, what you're saying is making sense well it is yeah but it's just like wouldn't it's this be not your place to say you it's not his place to doing say. it to wind her up and, and Joey knows it's that this, it's this bond building stuff and it, it doesn't really come off well for me does that make sense like so because Drew's a sociopath so he doesn't no 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 well. but Drew does that to Joey and then and then Joey's just supposed to accept that and go oh well I'm a little bit upset by that and then Drew shows us off to side and everything's all right bestest I, chums I don't like it it's like this idea that this message that we keep getting this message that if someone shows a bit of vulnerability they're probably all right really and it's like mm. It's Although Joey, that, Joey yeah. does end it by saying with like a broken nose to go with a black eye. But again, it feels a little bit like Flanter. And it's all... It is. It does feel like Flanter. It's, all, it's all, right. all just shit. Negging as flirting. And we're back. We're back at Cafe Delta Dude. We're back in Nick's room. Well, yeah, for all of those that have been there before, which is probably everybody by the sounds of it, because Nick fucks <laughs> everyone. And this this made me realise that I was old. So Nick Nick obviously thought that he was going to get lucky, if not with Gretchen, then with somebody. So there's yeah. like loads of candles and tea lights all over his room. It's a fucking really fire hazard. I, want, I like, was I'm, properly when anxious. When they opened it, I was like, I was like oh my God. Yeah. There's Do you know no what this is as well? officially dead for me now. Oh, Although to be it's... fair, it's a like it's a cluttered bro room of like chlamydia, and it, there's just like wanky candles lit not lit all over, and it's just awful. Like stop it. So yeah, Gretchen says that it looks like he's expecting company, and as I said, this is loaded for two reasons because it's either he was expecting Gretchen to fold and fuck him, or he had a backup plan for sex yeah. that night. Either way, he's a dick. So Nick just completely ignores this, and Gretchen doesn't really push it further. I would have been like, the fuck, I'm sorry, like. What is all of this? So Nick just says, oh, you know, I really missed you. And she says, she yeah. can't believe that she's doing it. And I'm like, neither can I. And Nick, because he's Nick, is just like, you know it was going to happen. You've been thinking about it since you left. I know how you think. Like, oh, seriously, it sounds this. like he's going to make, it. like, a fucking you know, cloak out this. of their skin. A multicolored douche coat out of their skin. He's a fucking <laughs> dick. So I just shuddered at that. She asks him what he's what she's thinking right now in that case and the sort of laid on the bed and he says that my arms feel amazing around you and at this uh, point I was like can you kill yourself with like really short nails into a main artery on your neck I don't know but I'm gonna try and he keeps going on and he says they fit you like that puzzle piece that's been missing and you uh, can lose yourself in him for the rest of the night and never look back and I like that you put the rest of the night caveat in it because Nick Reduce is basically yeah. saying like I'm gonna fuck you all night and then please never darken my hot tubby weirdy doorstep ever again so they start to kiss and Gretchen thankfully pulls away and um, so Gretchen says that that used to be enough so obviously what Nick's just done there would have been enough for her to be locked in his room and banging like banging like Grams and Brooks on Viagra <laughs> and Nick laughs and he says that he's the guy that they told her to stay away from oh. a person that's completely wrong for her 
but that's why a good girl like her wants him and goes to kiss her again and this whole theme of like oh good girls versus bad guys or good yeah, people versus bad the people and wanting a bad guy I, it, but it, it is pushing a narrative that is really really awful yeah it's um, horrible so he goes to kiss her again Gretchen pulls away again and she says to him look you're totally right but however I've realized I'm not that girl anymore and then she looks over and Nick's just like asleep and I was like do you know what happened here he put a roofie in a drink and drank from the wrong one <laughs> I thought he was from the Dawson's Creek School of Narcolepsy where people yeah, the Dawson's Creek School of Narcolepsy we'll, we'll see a little more of that later well like just yeah, falling asleep Mr. in the Brooks. most random of times yeah and conditions. Dawson turned round to pour a drink turned back round and Mr Brooks was out cold last week to be fair it's next turn this week fall asleep while Dawson is speaking to them but and the same with fair Nick enough. as well because he's a complete douche so maybe he bored himself to death I but don't know this last little bit at the end right so what we're supposed to be realizes that Gretchen's had a bit of realization and it is as you've absolutely pointed out this like bad boy good boy thing and that Nick is the bad boy and Dawson's the good boy and actually what she's realized is that she wants the good boy and it's it's crap and it's basic and it's simplistic to the frying pan Gretchen I know yeah he might seem like a good guy Gretchen but Jesus Christ he's he's gonna disembody you and take pictures and they'll be hanging in his dark room you'll be hanging in his dark room look <laughs> but- <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but what actually the net, thing I hate, dead. I hate anyway, at the end of sorry. this scene, is like her kissing Nick on the cheek and going like, thank you, Nick Taylor. Yeah. No! Thank you, Nick Taylor, thank for you being for a complete douche. Thank you for being Licking such a you made me realise that you've made me realise that I don't like people like you. Thank you just for being a bastard because that's what we should always do. Always remember women, men, whoever, thank the person who treats you like shit because that's what you're meant to do. It's awful. It's ridiculous. No, like he deserves no thank yous. The person who deserves to thank you is, is Gretchen for being a bit kind to herself and realising she doesn't need to get involved with this douche, bro. Having said that, Gretchen, what it seems to be is that you're going to go and get involved with Dawson. And I just... Baby douche. I mean, it doesn't make Baby douche, sense. bro. It doesn't make any sense. But, oh, God. What also Christ. doesn't make any sense is the next scene we cut to is Gretchen leaving the house and it's daytime. So I, at first I was like... Has this been one of those weird day parties that happens? But then no, it, I think it, it it's transcribes it. It's meant to yeah. be the morning after. Where did she sleep? Was Pacey fixing a car all night? Or did he go with that hot ginger girl? Lots of questions. Lots of no lots answers. Questions. No answers. Because Dawson's ever. great. <laughs> well, he's basically sorted out her car and right. And what he actually said, and this it's it's a real sort of passing comment, this, but I was like, oh my God. He goes to Gretchen, like, I found your tires, they were down the side of the house, and the, the treads were fine. So essentially, Nick took the tires off her car yeah. to stop her being able to leave immediately. Yeah, which, which is, is fucking dead unpleasant. Is that not some sort of a federal like is there not a law against that? But yeah, we won't worry about that, guys. If you really fancy a girl, uh take the treads off her it's tire. Coercive, isn't it? Because it's it's like you, you sort of like it's controlling someone's someone behaviour. Yeah, it's horrible. Mm. Uh, so Pacey is in a rudge because well, Pacey's no, he's worked the- out. He, he well, Pacey's worked always... out that Nick's a douche and he he's has. annoyed that he thinks that Gretchen has slept with him, even though that was the whole kind of thing that Pacey was trying to make it happen. Once Pacey realises that Nick's a douche, Gretchen has to realise Nick's a douche and if she doesn't, then she's a bad, bad person, which is effectively what this scene is. I mean, I know it gets slightly better and then slightly worse, but mm. Pacey's like, I can't believe you would fall for such a self-centered... Well, not what he says before like that. Nick. Oh, well, this is even worse that is really Yeah, he's <gasps> like, I fixed your car. I just wish I could fix your life. How like, dare oh, you? Men. How men. fucking dare you? Ladies men know your gentlemen. place. 
And it's also like this really weird sort of sibling thing, which comes out later in this scene about like Percy's so Gretchen's long. younger brother. He's about four years younger than her from what I can work out. Isn't but it? they room together. She fancies his mates. Gretchen's yeah, I know, got but... some sort of like stunted growing up going on and the whole thing's just fucking wrong. It's horrible. Yeah. This is where Percy says after this, he says, I don't understand why you'd fall for a jerk like Nick and it's self-centered, egotistical jerk. Like, right. Okay. Then. And then he sort of gets into this good girl trope. And it's like, basically because you've been really good. You want a bad boy, which like the two don't track. Do you know what I mean? And also what is this, this representation of good girls and bad boys? Because all I can see is uh, what people are saying is a bad boy is a totally horrible gaslighting coercive dick bag and that's not yeah. a bad boy that's someone that that's for a your own personal safety you should be nowhere near that's not from. like oh bit bit for fun bad boy like oh oh he's got a leather jacket like no like this person <laughs> not, is like it's not grease Catherine it's not no a but that's a part of, that's mean. the part of the representation though isn't it and he's like I knew I know you were a cheerleader in high school and I know you had the good grade but he's like I know you have like the good behavior you and the good boyfriends and you're you're tired of being good where's the evidence for any of good as well i can't imagine being like i'm a wonderful person i'm getting really good grades my life's fantastic god this is boring i mean that is the ultimate in privilege isn't it like my life is so good i need to throw a curveball and i know some people do do this and and there is that self-destructive element in some people and it's quite ironic that i'm having to go at people for doing this when it's something i myself have done in the past but at the same time you are privileged to be able to do that it's a shit the whole narrative shit it's absolute shit but like and it doesn't really make any sense because we've not seen any of this from Gretchen anywhere any evidence of this from Gretchen anywhere like she was a really good girl and then she had a bad boy because she was tired of being good nor like she fell for the wrong guy because he probably gaslighted her into falling for him and all that bullshit this doesn't well, really let's make not take her she fancied him she fucked him the sex was good that kept them together and uh, she's realized he's a douche she's grown up and off exactly but Percy's obviously trying to like explain his sister's behaviour away, does that make sense and make his sister's behaviour all right rather than that's what she wanted to do? Am I making sense? And there's a lot of this in Dawson's Creek. It happened with Toby last episode. It's happening with Drew this episode. It's happening with Nick a little bit as well. And it's happening with Gretchen. And it's like, what about people just are the way they are? And yeah, sometimes their experiences shape them. But what about Gretchen? As you've just pointed out, just fucking fell for this guy. And he's an asshole. End of discussion. Anyway, what Percy says is, it's my fault. This guy's an ass and I guess it's kind of my fault. I pushed you to him. And Gretchen's like, but also Percy, one night, and I, Percy's behaviour was awful, but this was one night. Gretchen was clearly in a relationship with him before that. And Gretchen's like, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. And Percy's like, it is, I wanted you to be with him, I wanted you to be with someone I understood, someone a bit like me. Percy, this isn't about you, love you, but it's not about you. And Gretchen says, you're nothing like Nick. And then what Percy says is that you deserve someone who's going to listen to you and commit to you. You deserve someone who's going to make you the absolute center of their universe. And I was like, should we just go through this list and talk about Dawson in relation to this list, Katie? So someone who's going to listen to you. Dawson is not going to listen to you. Dawson's going to pretend to listen he'll, to you. No, he'll, talk he'll about pretend himself. to listen to her. Yeah, then talk about yourself. <laughs> That's exactly right. what he's going to do. Commit to you. Now, I absolutely believe Dawson will commit to her, but he'll commit to her so but- much that he'll smother her. Dawson Inter- should be committed. And yeah, he'll commit to her so much that he'll be like, did you talk to another man? Um, which is not really the kind <laughs> of commitment exactly that we're looking for. Like. You know, she'll wake up one night and he'll just be like in her closet watching her sleep. 
you know, that's a certain level of commitment that probably isn't needed. What was the other one? And the last one was you deserve someone who's going to make you the absolute centre of their universe. There is Which, only one again, person that's the centre of Dawson's universe and it is not going to be anybody other than Dawson. But it is kind of true in the sense that, like, Dawson would because it would be almost like he's got what he wants. Like, But yeah. I just think that Dawson My would precious. be... My Exactly, but this is what I mean. I think Dawson would be a super, super clingy boyfriend. And I think that you're absolutely right. I know you've made this comment a Until few times. Until he's had a massive cry hit after the bong. Yeah. Of course he would cry. He'd cry during, after, <laughs> and before sex. He'd cry to have <laughs> sex. He'd like, do you know what he'd do? He'd be having sex and he'd say something like, this is beautiful. Oh, oh you would. <laughs> and then he'd cry and you get wet tits. <laughs> not in the good way. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Um, anyway, what Gretchen, we need to move on. What Gretchen says then is like Dawson and Percy's laughing. He's like, it's not what I said. And Gretchen's like, it's what you meant. And then Gretchen, because she feels the need to explain herself again, tells Percy she didn't bang Nick. And she says that, it's just none of it's just none of Percy's business, but she says she almost did until I realized why I came here. And she says that she came here to say goodbye, goodbye to Nick, and goodbye to the part of myself I've always struggled with. And you know where I got the strength to say goodbye. And oh. this bit just this bit because is just women, like women. Oh, you get your strength, you get your feelings. Men. You can't do anything independent of any male inter- interference. Basically, you can't think, you can't breathe, you can't walk. A man's got Women, to tell you what to do, what not know to do. Your know place. your place. We should but bring that back. Fantastic fuck campaign. Sense. Fucking this feminism. Makes absolutely fuck all sense. And I need listeners with brothers to reach out and tell us because this makes no sense to me at all. But I've got sisters. And Katie, I don't know if you know, is an only child without a dad. I don't even have a dad. <laughs> but she says, right, she says that she got a strength, right? from Percy and then she says starting when they're little girls sisters look to their brothers for cues on how they should be treated yeah do they and, and if they do it's it's toxic to fuck because also, family, like, family relationships are so different and some people will have wonderful relationships with their brothers some people will have terrible relationships with their brothers some people will be abused by their brothers you can't it's not a one if she just said you were my brother and I look to you for this absolutely fine there's no problem with that whatsoever you know a lot of girls get their uh you know see their parents relationship and you know they want that kind of thing I, I do also, understand it but it just doesn't like work for everybody Phrygian theory is that it's about the father yeah. Um, so and like this brother thing just seems like a sort of bastardization of fried right but basically she's saying you know that they, they look for that i just don't i just think this is bullshit and that she it deserves is, not not is it just bullshit it's really fucking it could go really toxic and for anybody listening who has had a difficult family relationship with anybody in your family a i really really feel for you because it's awful but b this kind of imagination of like the perfect family unit and you know this is what you should be able to do and this is how you know she says this is what girls do not this is what I do or this is what some people do this is what girls do so if you have had a breakdown in a relationship with a brother or whatever it's fucking awful isn't it something like this really really yeah. awful and, and also what, she... if you, what if you're a woman with a brother who's absolutely lovely and you're a massive twat <laughs> go riddle me that Anyway, it's just bullshit. Anyway, and she says that she deserves better than Nick, and her heart knows that because I have a brother who treats me so well. I mean, because that's the thing. So if she didn't yeah. have a brother who treated her so well, she'd be getting absolutely like you know still pillaged by Nick up in his bedroom of doom. Um, well, because this is the insinuation, you know, no isn't it? 
But anyway, so then Percy like gives her a hug and he says, hang on a second, does this mean that you realise you need better music in your life? Because that's where this conversation's gone, everybody. Um, and he's like, oh, I've got a Pink Floyd CD in the car. And she says, no, there's something I want to listen to. And, um, oh, and it's like basically a certain CD mix I want to listen to. And he says, okay, I'll see you at home. And they leave. All right, so the next scene we've got is Dawson and Jack, and Dawson's asking Jack. If We're he back to home improvement with Dawson oh, and Jack, and I've started to call it talking about fit. white people renovate houses. There's this really funny sketch on South Park that borrows from all of the like uh, property shows that were really fashionable, and they called it white people renovate houses. So that's what I'm starting to call this section because what what I think what we're meant to assume is that they're doing up the nursery for the yeah un- they are specified child that's coming but along. we're clearly on a totally i really need to point this out now we are clearly on a totally different day now because obviously so they've just been painting like forever into infinity well but also mitch and girl went for the scan yesterday so do we have any information on that Am no I, we do yeah not. that's very true but anyway um, right so this is mitch and girl though they probably on. went to like some swingers party on the way home they probably did they're bollocking on about fate and Dawson's asking Jack that as if if he's ever thought that like fate's important and Jack says do you think I busted my shoulder because of fate and did you wonder about it and Jack says I wondered and wondered about it if I'd done something differently like caught the ball differently hit the ground differently brush my teeth for a bit longer whether it'd make it different and he says actually all of those thought processes are more debilitating than the actual injury to a certain extent which is true then you can torture yourself with what ifs absolutely and this is why I sort of do subscribe like I think that the problem is that this has been a bit too black and white about this concept of fate and taking action and fate yeah. and taking action and allowing fate to decide and taking action and I think it's got to be a combo of the two really because Dawson says Brooks is dying and he's actively pursuing a relationship with Grams who knows what to mind I know dare. how fucking dare he and Jack says well maybe he finds strength in action and maybe she finds comfort in religion Really which wasn't Jack's attitude. Which wasn't Jack's attitude earlier in the episode as well. Yeah, you've got to tell that. her. You've got to tell her. But anyway, he's had a bit in the bong as well. They're just and also, guys, maybe it's just none of your fucking business, and they can get yes. on with it themselves because they're fucking adults. And even if it all comes crashing down, and it's the most heartbreaking thing that's ever happened, then again, they're adults. Jack. Jack suddenly becomes fucking Mahatma Gandhi, and is like. <laughs> The arbitrary nature. The arbitrary nature of life and love can be frightening. Everyone <laughs> has their own way of coping with it, even you. All right, Jack. And then Dawson's like, well, what does that mean? And Jack says, Don't you think it's possible that what's driving this tower of yours is fear? Which I like thought was it at the beginning, is that Dawson didn't want to do anything, yeah. so he couldn't be rejected. So Jack's spot on there. And Dawson says, I'm trying what not to make the same mistakes of the past. I'm trying not to make the same mistakes of the past, which well, how about being a better person, Dawson? That might help. Also, and Jack mistakes, says, yeah, well, Jack's gonna say what I'm gonna say, so let's Jack say so yeah, let's let, he let's sort of says what I'm gonna say, apart from part yeah. of it. Go on. Well he says has it ever occurred to you Dawson San that Dawson San so we're really like sort of mixing up all sorts of different like philosophies and religions at this point I believe and that maybe they're not not mistakes at all Oh, shoving God. Buddhism and Taoism and everything uh, else. Everything into go- yeah. I do believe we started it doing this, but we're not. And right the karate kid apparently. Sure. And the karate. Yeah. 
Let's get Splinter from the Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtles and just, have it done. So then he says that maybe they're not mistakes at all. Maybe this is exactly where you're supposed to be with a girl that you've wanted way before Joy Potter. Because remember, everyone, remember Gretchen We had to shoehorn that, that in. Talk about all the time. Yeah, I love that they shoehorn um, that. And it's not just, and as we see later, obviously, with the letter that Dawson wrote, because we were kind of introduced to this as if like Dawson was literally just like maybe nine and just like sort of wondering about women. And obviously, but it isn't, he's meant to be older. I th- the whole thing. Just no, bullshit. we need to we, talk we've about been this here. Later. We'll talk about we've this been bit here, later. writers. We've Go been on. here, yeah. But he says that with a girl you wanted way before Joey Potter holding a letter that expresses exactly how you feel about her, and then Dawson puts on a thinking face. Everybody, he loves his thinking face. And then we go back to the story this is awful. Of doom. I hate this. And I there's a rat so in much. the storeroom, and it's, it's not a mouse. just three. It's a mouse. Oh, I, was good. I just wanted to say rat and Joe. I know, but and it was I, a good. And then then we hear a bell. and it's not just Drew. Can I just say, right, that this is a horrible... I think it's supposed to be laughs and we're supposed to feel a bit bad for Drew. And we're supposed to... No, 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 there is stuff in here that really made me uncomfortable and I think it's supposed to be... I think it's played as a joke and it's fucking vile. Right, so we'll get into it because we do have a mouse, the loudest mouse anyone has ever heard. And Joey is asleep on Drew, which I kind of didn't like because she really didn't want him anywhere near her. Like he had tried to kiss her. Yeah, now like she sort of like snuggled up on his shoulder and I don't like that and she wakes up and she says ah fuck I thought this was a nightmare but obviously not and then he says did she sleep and he basically just makes a joke about how she snores really 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 loudly so he couldn't get to sleep whatever well she's like I don't snore I don't snore and then basically because he says that she snored she essentially tells him that he stinks because she says have you ever heard of 24 hour antiperspirant I didn't think that was really funny which was good and then we hear a buzzing and she's like what's that and he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And she's like, no, what's that? And he's like, oh, you're dreaming, you're dreaming. And then basically she puts her hand in his pocket, which I, and again, I'm sort of a bit like, oh, because I kind of appreciated Drew's response, which was like, hey, can I usually appreciate a dinner and a movie before that? Uh, yeah, I did like that. But, but what yeah. we find out is he's had a phone in his pocket the entire time. Just Joey going back to continuity, it. can I just say, he's had mm. a phone in his pocket. Okay, I, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. He's got access to a mobile phone. It buzzes, which means that he's not put it on silent. No. And but we know he has a phone because you not remember he used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a phone, whatever. But it buzzes, which means it's on vibrate. He didn't put it on silent and nobody bothered ringing him until now. That's all I've got to say. Well, I wonder if BV thought that he was in New York. That's the point that she dad. sent him and off to New York. And, no, him, and apparently nobody cares about Joey. And apparently. his dad was like waiting for him. Then he was like, oh, well, he hasn't turned up. So I'll go and like fuck somebody else on some Mexican towels. Got to be Mexican towels though. They're the best. So basically he's like, we're saved. And she says, mm. you orchestrated this whole thing. Like you made this up. And he's like, why did I do that? And then she says, which is incredibly accurate because you are a sick, twisted, pathological little pervert. Right. Absolutely bang on, Joey. And he's like, do you think I would go through all of this trouble just to have you fall asleep on my shoulder? And it's like, well, the thing is, I'm in two minds about why Drew actually did this. And I think they're probably... I think the, the, major, the majority of it was to avoid his dad, but at the same time, at the back of his mind, he thought, well, maybe if he got lucky, he got lucky. And that's why he tried to kiss her when she dropped into his arms and all the rest of it. And then he... Um, it's horrible. Says he, but he, says he was but it's horrible to do it. Why didn't he just lock himself in the room and then be like, oh, shit, I was locked in the star room. Why does Joey have to be there? I mean, also, I know because the writers think... This really, Jay. really bothered me. And like maybe like teenage bladders are better than mine, but where did they piss? 
because I would have needed to pay. A hundred percent thought that. A hundred percent thought it. Anyway, he says, do you think maybe that's it? He's got a dirty piss fetish. <laughs> well, he says, do you think I'll go through all of this trouble to have you fall asleep on my shoulder? And she makes the very good point. How do I know what you were doing while I was sleeping? Which I is slept. absolutely, I wouldn't have slept either. But then, right, and this is the thing that I find really, really unpleasant. Oh, he I says, I was a complete oh. gentleman, right? And he says, I did absolutely not peek down your top at your eggshell coloured. The next bit I want to know how the fucking knew this. 34C maiden farm wire trimmed bra. How well, does he I assume it's, 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 it's meant to say, he's meant to have seen so many tits that he can just, do you remember when guys used to do that? That you'd like go out and uh, you'd be like 34B, 34, or like, uh, just like try and give you measurements and you'd be like, douche, douche, and fuck off before I call the police. But it was kind of a thing that people would try and say. Also, in the nicest possible way, um, having had tits exactly like Joey's, and I was, so it's taken me a stone and a half to get too close to a 34C, to a stone and a half weight gain. There was no way on God's earth Joey was 34C, 34B. No. Okay, she well, is. but then he sort of says, like, with a pink bow on the front class, so he's clearly been staring down a top at her tits. Yeah, I think this is played as a bit of a joke and it is yep. fucking grim as fuck absolutely anyway bv comes in a welcome entrance from bv which we don't <laughs> said no one ever <laughs> and basically of course she's an absolute shit off to joey what has joey done but i like bv you know the scar with drew what's your fucking like you're an absolute twat anyway I'm and joey says there's a certain element with bv of overcompensation she knows that her son's fucked up whether it was all about let's talk about kevin from the start and he was always going to be a psychopath or whether she's blaming herself for the fact that he's a sociopath now i don't know but bv seems to think, think seems to think that if she paints him as like the most innocent thing to ever ever walk the earth since like a baby rabbit then like it, rabbit. she's trying to like manifest it and it will she's happen. trying to manifest bv's trying desperately to manifest nice one bv too fucking late but, bv too but late. basically joey's like this is his doing and what bv says is like so you're essentially suggesting that my son would rather spend a night locked in a star room with you than go and visit his father and, and Joey sort of and the penny up. drops for and Joey. Yeah, you can tell from Drew's face, and she feels exactly sorry for him. Which is just which I up. wouldn't because like there was no, essentially like, like you're a dick. My dad's in prison. You've been awful to me. Like I understand you don't want to see your father. That's completely fine. Handle it like a grown up. Don't bring me into it. Don't lock me in a star cupboard and don't ever look at my bra again. But I think yeah, absolutely. And and what Joey just does is go to Drew like, well, I'll see you at school and leaves, which is very very big of her because I'd be like, your son tried to kiss me. He spent the entire night looking down my top. BV wouldn't care. He's not. Be no, like, but you the thing be is that you're you absolutely like, yeah, that he would want like it's only a kiss. You. It's only a kiss. What's wrong with your god? But this, I think, this scene was what I was referring to earlier in the episode about like Drew not being a total cardboard cut out but I think it really sort of comes into a lot of things that we've been saying this episode about this idea of having to have an excuse for your behavior so like Gretchen had to have an excuse for like going out with Nick rather than she just wanted to and Drew has to have an excuse for behaving the way he does but I will give Drew this is there seems there seems to be i'll give drew his due um he seems to be a little bit more complex than perhaps some of the other characters whether i like it or not i don't know right 
Are you ready for the final scene? I am ready for this, and this is going to be. Let me Astrid clear my throat. Doing this, so while you're clearing your thoughts, basically Gretchen pulls up to her house, and um, somehow notices a letter immediately. Immediately notices this like random letter that's already blending in with the paintwork of the house, pinned to the house post, and she begins to read it. And obviously, it's the letter that Dawson wrote when he had his first crush on her, which right. he initially thought was when he was four. Now it's when no. he was nine. Judging by the way he writes, he's a bit older. Right. Over to you, Catherine Well, no, Dawson. so I just want to Dawson. quickly talk about <laughs> Catherine Dawson. I'm going to do this entire letter and Dawson wants to voice everyone wish me luck. Goodness. One God of speed. the things about it is, is that he that talks about her God going speed. to high school. Thank you. Thanks, Grams. Only Grams. That <laughs> he talks about Gretchen going to high school, which I think a conservative estimate and other people might be able to tell me would make Gretchen 14 and Dawson about 10, 11. 11, 10 yeah. Which was right. peak, peak, I'm in love let's with all keep, Let's all keep, well, no, but also, let's all keep this in mind as I read this letter. Are we ready? And also, I like... like uh, I feel like this, we need to do something. I feel like we need the... Yeah, there's not yet. Yeah, let's see if we can um, edit that over it. You know, those... Um, I might see if I can edit it over it, yeah. I won't be able you know to. what I mean, don't you? Those love letters that... Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. Right, okay. Dear Gretchen... I really enjoy talking to you in your room today. Try not to be nervous about starting high school. I know you're going to find people who understand you. There's something I didn't get a chance to tell you. There's someone truly special in my life that I can't stop thinking about. Oh. Is it yourself, Dawson? 100%. She's <laughs> unlike anyone I've ever met, except Joy Parr. Smart and funny. <laughs> Smart and funny and beautiful. And just knowing she's in my life has given me this constant blushing that keeps me awake at night. That's masturbation, Dawson. When I think about who I can talk to about this, who will understand, the only person who comes to mind is you. As opposed to Joey, the constant of however many years. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a problem. Because you're the one I feel this way about. Gasp, gasp, everyone. I oh. think about you constantly. Every little thing you do. The oh. Elvis Costello sticker. Who are Elvis Costello being dragged into this? I know, I'm sorry. Sorry, Elvis. The Elvis Costello sticker you put in your spiral notebook. The way your bangs have notebook, grown. Not spiral one, people. Sorry. The way your bangs have grown out every day now for six months until Monday when you were finally able to put it into a ponytail. Oh, you've been today, watching your bang for years. For years, Gretchen. And today, when you invited me to stay and talk to you after Percy left, it occurred to me that you must think about me too. Because I'm obsessed with myself and of course that's the first thing I'm oh, going to think. If I tried to tell anyone else, they would say that you and I are impossible. No, you're impossible, Dawson. That our lives are too different. Yeah, at yeah. 14 and 11, they totally are, Dawson. <laughs> that we could never be right for one another, but we understand each other and we care for each other. And yes, from now I believe we still will. It's his first murder letter. Your friend forever. Love, Dawson. Oh my god, this is the one. Think, biggest pile of get, bullshit. Do you think that he gave it a spray of Lynx Africa when he was done? <laughs> a little jizzy fingerprint as he put it in the envelope. The whole thing makes fuck all sense. Literally. If we work out, I 
someone might be able to correct me if that correct me but i think high school starts to fighting because i think you do fighting 15 16 17 18 like so you sort of go in on the year that you were turned 15 which would make darson 11 or 12 maybe 12 at the very very oldest right so one i'm supposed to believe that a a 14 15 year old girl would want to hang out with a 12 year old boy wouldn't happen that she would want to like sit and chat to him in her bedroom wouldn't happen, wouldn't happen. but also that any 11 or 12 year old could write this letter and also that means that the entirety of the Dawson and Joey narrative that's been built on, you know, when she was four and we first met and we've been in love ever since, apparently none of that happened until he was 12, which was 100%. like uh, not, not even 10 years ago. So why we... Well, no, but they made this whole big deal about it's been like from them, they were very, very young and it just, it just doesn't make sense. Like none, none of, of it, it makes it's sense. It's just it's... been shoehorned in here to give this yeah. entire story some sort of credence and we're just meant to go... Oh, actually, apart from the girl that he was in love with that has caused all of these ruptures through three entire series of Dawson's Creek, it turns out until he was 12 or 11, he was totally in love with Gretchen, who we'd never heard of. Until, and he's like, only 17 of... years old, yeah. so, so we're so already five years, to leave... He's loved Joey, so we don't and even this sh- And the shit with the... Joey's been going yeah. on for what? It's not Shakespearean now, is it, mate? It's absolutely fucking bullshit. It's, it's ridiculous. Bullshit. And I know we're supposed to think it's really sweet and this is a long running relationship from blah, blah, blah. But it's it absolutely terrible. totally takes away from all the Dawson Joey stuff. Yeah, massively, massively. And actually, whilst the letter is being read, we, we see that Joey yes. and Percy have reunited on the dock of a bay because, of course. Of course. We don't really see anything more about that. But what we also see is like Grams and Brooks and Brooks giving Grams the earrings and she's really, really happy with it. But we also see Mitch and Gail, and this is the bit I didn't understand looking at the baby scan, but they Gail doesn't appear to be getting scanned. So somehow they've got a video of the scan and they're just sat watching it. Is that what I'm supposed to take away from that? Well, they're very rich, aren't they? Even though they've got no money, so anymore. It made so fuck for it. all sense. I would have anyway. said they took Dawson there to video it, but clearly he was too busy, like, crying into his old letters. So who fucking yeah, knows? apparently it's his old but, letters that were apparently written by we're meant, year So we're meant 12, to take this as this great romance, and then oh, Dawson's chopping wood because he's manly. Of course he's he is! Making, oh, he's probably making another white picket fence of privilege. And Gretchen pulls up with the letter. And this could have been, like, I almost could have got on board with this, and I hate myself for saying it, but I could have. I could have been like, okay, like, you fancy each other and all the rest of it. And then Dawson just immediately ruins it by looking like an absolute smug twat and going, what took you so long? Like, yeah. he knew she was going to turn up and do this. Yes. Which just completely and utterly ruins 100%. the next scene. Which is, and she's like, oh, I had a few things to do first. Like, what, bleach your eyeballs and down half a bottle of tequila because that's the only way that I'll be doing what you're doing now, love. But she goes up to him and they kiss. And the fact that Dawson has done this whole Tower of Dawson or Tao or however the fuck you want to pronounce it thing, and he's been all zen and what will be will be, and he didn't want to do the letter thing until Jack told him. But now he's done it. He's like, oh, yeah, she'll obviously fall for me after reading the scrawl of an 11-year-old that was obsessed with you and just discovering masturbation. Because nothing, I tell you, nothing makes a 21-year-old woman fucking wetter than that. The whole thing is just it's Ugh. ridiculous i think that they're trying to create like a, a percy and joey season three no, yeah, out yeah, of darson yeah. and gretchen and it's not fucking working and it's not fucking working because there isn't the tension the same tension there isn't the same chemistry like and there's, just... there's zero chemistry and we're meant to think that her and nick has a lot of chemistry now nick was an absolute wank stain as is darson but in a different way 
but they obviously had a lot of sex and they really enjoyed it. Now Dawson's a virgin, and I'm not saying that you can go from being a virgin into like you know it, it doesn't always have to be bad. But there's some learning to do along the way. Oh, like if I was Gretchen, I could not be fucked to have that role. Like I'm sorry, I've just been having really good sex with Nick, who is a douche. I've realised that I need someone in my life who's not a douche, but I do like sex. So let me get with somebody my own age who's had a bit of experience. Whatever. I guess we're it's all find out in the just next yeah, absolutely. So we're moving on to the TAFE Percy. So hopefully we're going to get a Percy centric oh. episode where he's not being a douche. Because I love Percy, I love him, but he was not great in this episode. Have I not? All right, okay. I just need everyone to know that Percy is my favorite character in Dawson's Creek. But like Joey, I will give Joey a due. She was miles better this episode. She was insufferable last episode, but she was great this episode. But uh, again, no fucking Jen, of course. But Grams, Gretchen, and Joey, the female characters in this episode, like none of them seem to have like a fucking startling amount of autonomy, and it was quite upsetting actually. And these representations of women have been it like so. Graham's unable to look quite, after herself to, that she needs a seventeen-year-old boy. Well, to be fair, Graham, Graham's told Dawson that she didn't need that. Graham's also said that she's quite happy with what she's doing. Graham's is probably the strongest character in this. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah, I'll say that. But like, it was the bit earlier on when she was a bit like, "Are you this protective of Jennifer?" And it's like he's not being protective. He's being a nosy fuck. But no, Grams is the Grams is great, and like, I just feel bad for Joey. I feel bad that because Joey had every right to punch Drew in the face and every right to be incredibly upset by Drew, and it just seemed to have been taken yeah. away from her because oh, boo hoo, poor Drew, cry me a fucking river. Anyway, listen. We'll move on to the next episode, season four, episode 12, The Tear Percy. It's Percy's birthday. I've got lots to say about that. I've got lots to say about it. So thank you, as always, for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. You might have noticed on the episode notes that I have started asking some of our listeners to name the episodes for us to pick a title oh that's a good idea yeah so if you want to name an episode and you want to be given some title suggestions and you are giving them completely out of context so you've just got to pick what you think sounds the funniest and then you have to tune in to find out what the fuck it means but if you want to name an episode get in touch with us and i will sort of make a list and work that out you can obviously get us on facebook instagram twitter email all the handles are in the episode basically everything but tiktok because we're old yeah because we, we are we fucking old as fuck oh jesus christ but you can also get the link for tickets to manchester there as well and as we said at the, the beginning of the app if you want to come definitely get them just so we know how many people are going to be there if you can't come join the discord if you give us a shout on instagram twitter facebook email we'll let you know how to get in contact with victoria and she'll sort you out but it's a lovely lovely place to be the dawson's creek fandom discord it's a great place so please do join so we will say goodbye i think next week's going to be face to face and hopefully it won't sound as crap as our last face-to-face, which had cats switching on air conditioners in the background or screaming and um, Katie getting attacked by said cat. So hopefully it'll sound better, eh? <laughs> I don't think anything can sound worse. So we shall see you next week. And thanks as always for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.